0: This is Doug Mankey, you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics.
1: That could be the last woohoo of the year. Unless you decide to do it at the end. Yeah. The final woohoo. Every time I would enter a Kmart or a JCPenney and they had keyboards plugged in for, you know, trial use by the customers, I always heard someone go over and do the opening to Europe's Final Countdown. It was like a rite rite of passage for keyboard players. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'm pulling it out of the depths. It is catchy. I'll give them that. It's catchy. Yeah. And we're catchy, too, because we hope we've caught you in a good mood, because this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 776. And I'm Vince B. You
0: are Vince P. I am David A. Price. This is true, and I have the best headdress ever. I'm Alex Summers.
1: <laughs> okay. No, you're not, Alex Summers. Who has a better headdress than Alex Summers? There has to be better,
0: isn't there? Though
1: I don't know. Oh, I'm trying remember. to think. Uh, Dejah Thoris has a better headdress. Okay, but she don't wear it all the time, right? She doesn't wear much all the time. There you go. But you no from Barsoom. Uh, yes. Well, actually, Helium, right? Um, but no, she is from Barsoom, but specifically Helium. Uh, no, you're not havoc with the headdress you're z wood everybody and if that doesn't tip over the apple cart nothing will this is our book of the month episode the last the final book of the month episode for 2021 and it is as selected by our patrons havoc and wolverine meltdown written by yeah what you pay for Walter and Louise Simonson, who should have known better, Uh, illustrated by John J. Muth, who did the Havoc part, and Kent Williams, who did the Wolverine part. And uh, this episode, this whole shebang, is brought to you by our patrons. If you want to see what's up with the Patreon, uh, specifically the 11 o'clock comics Patreon, all you have to do is go to patreon.com, put a forward slash after it, and then 11 o'clock comics, one one, no apostrophe and you'll see what's up. You have mere days to experience everything that our regular patrons experience because we have opened it up to everyone for the month of December. Yes, that's right. It's free. You get to see everything, and um, there's uh, a lot of stuff there. So put your big boots on and get to waiting because you're going to be tromping through a bunch of stuff. Again, patreon.com, 11 o'clock comics.
0: Vince, did you see what art is up for auction at present?
1: I didn't. Was that a Patreon post?
0: Yeah, I've been posting the the Heritage Signature auctions underway. Uh, I may that, have
1: uh, seen a Buscema Avengers.
0: That, 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 there was, in fact, a Buscema Avengers, but I, I brought it up to you excitedly because uh, as we're about to embark on our Book of the Month, I think it's fair to say that... Uh, one of the few books of the month in recent memory that we all had a blast doing and really went deep on was The Defenders. Sure. And Defenders' number one cover is up for auction.
1: Oh, books. my goodness. I can only imagine what that's yeah. going to... Yeah. No. My pockets are not that deep.
0: No, no. But I'm, I'm curious to see what it goes for because it is certainly at a higher echelon of nostalgia for some group of readers around our age.
1: Yeah. If I had unlimited refu- uh, resources, I would buy one piece from each of the artists that means something to me. Sure. right? Regardless of the price. Yeah. I, you know, um, if I had more money than Kirk Hammett, I would buy a Frazetta. No problem. Right? I think a lot of collectors
0: aspire for that in different ways and it usually comes down to whatever they can afford. I mean, I'm that way. I, I, I don't have like incredible pieces from people like Jack Davis, but I have a Jack Davis and like mentally that feels great, even though it's, you know, it's, it's, if I were, if I were Elon Musk rich, I'd have very specific Jack Davises, but I don't. So, but it's cool. Like I don't have a Mobius, but I'd love to, I know there are people that have like, you know, they'll, there'll be some little chicken scratch, like headshot that he drew on a napkin and it'll come up for auction and, you know, that may go for five grand, but it's much cheaper than what a fully drawn Mobius would. And, you know, somebody will aspire to that and it'll be their their grail because they just want to have something from Mobius. You know, I'm really surprised. I mean, I know you're not, you're not much an art, but I am surprised that you don't have a, a Kirby because um, you can you can definitely get Kirby pages for what I think is a very reasonable price in today's world. I mean, you, you like we um, I mean, Maybe when you when you turn sixty, we'll we'll do a little a little GoFundMe. But you could get like a you can get like a Kirby Commandy page for a couple grand. Which I I mean a couple grand is no small shake. So I'm not trying to discount that. That's a lot of money. But right. But I mean in in today's game where we're seeing, you know, McFarland Spider Man interiors go for hundreds of thousands. I you know I think a a Commandy a Commandy Kirby page on your wall would mean more to you than just about any art probably any of us uh, own.
1: I would think. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, my one saving grace is the commandy pages I want are all owned by Eric Larson, and he's only going to sell them entire issues. So he has all of the pages to issue number nine, and that's the issue I want a page from. And I'm not going to get it, because Eric owns the whole thing. So,
0: But I if we gave you a, a piece of... Commandy art from like issue number
1: seven going you gonna you're gonna oh, turn your nose at it hey no <laughs> no you kidding me uh-uh no but uh yeah I, I i don't value the original art like you guys just the way it is
0: you're better off it's better for your pockets
1: exactly i feel like if i own it in a book i'm good with it i don't have to have the genuine article would i like to have a corbin uh yeah but chances of that happening are very slim. So I, I, I don't sweat this kind of stuff. I'm, kudos and more props to those who love it. And you, know, you guys, it's like a little community within a community on the Slack. The the original art buyers, they all banter about when somebody releases a list or a, 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 you know, they drop pages. You guys go crazy, and I love seeing that. I I can be happy through you guys. Right? Now, if, Mah- I mean, if, yeah. if Mahmoud said, hey, I just found this page to King Conan number one laying on the bathroom floor. I thought you might want it. I'd be like, y- oh, thank you very much. <laughs> but I'll take that. But, you know, hey, it, it's not a priority with me. What were you going to say? No,
0: no, no. Go
1: ahead. Are you hitting the pause button or the mute button? Sounds like you're hitting the mute button. I was because my dog was pushing up against the door. But That's, are you eating? Oh my god! What? You're eating something. What is it? It's actually a little bit of hummus and a gluten-free chip. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to finish
0: it. You caught me. I'm just trying to finish it because the wife gave it to me lovingly. Right, and I was about to go home after recording. Oh. About to record, and she said, i will just bring it with you." And I'm like, "All right." All
1: right. So while you're doing that, Dap and I will tell you what we're drinking. Because it's time for the drink roll call. I, I'm 3 in it tonight. <laughs> I'm, and it's all from Victory. Victory Brewing. I got a can of Golden Monkey, and that's on purpose, because I'm going to be talking about someone who's often called Monkey, but that's not how you pronounce his name. Um, Cloudwalker, which is a hazy, juicy IPA. And last, but certainly not least... From also from Victory Easy Ringer Session IPA. That's what I got. That's what you got. All right. I I, I got many 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 beers for Christmas.
0: Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Did you get like a beer of the month or did they just we you up?
1: my uh, brothers in law we do a uh, beer swap mm. for Christmas and Nina got me a couple six packs make your own six pack so she got me a, a diverse assortment of. Uh, of beer. Yeah, so I'm loaded for at least well, 2 I'm, months.
0: I'm ha- I'm going to give you a happy surprise. I am I'm drinking a drink.
1: What are you having?
0: Well, it's a, it's it's the start of our annual uh New Year's Eve uh celebration. The the uh, the world-famous candidates are here.
1: Nice. What yeah, up?
0: Fresh off fresh off of negative COVID tests. They are here and
1: and, <laughs> and
0: doing about their business. But um so I am drinking because they cracked open a bottle, while they're, down, they're all down there playing uh, spades right now. I uh, so I'm having a glass of three three seven Cabernet Sauvignon by from Noble Vines.
1: Awesome, mm-hmm. going out cool. with a bang because I know my man Dap's drinking.
2: I am. Uh, I need to. Uh, this is. Um, this is actually. I'm having an old fashioned, uh, courtesy of. Um, Christmas present from my wife. The uh, the Bartesian makes a really really good old fashioned. So it's um, the base, the base spirit obviously is is whiskey. In this case, it's uh, it's Jim Beam Black. That's what they recommend with this with these particular capsules. And um, nothing nothing crazy. I I, I chose regular because what's what's cool about this machine is you can have a strong, regular light or mocktail because it does machine does have a, a water reservoir so if you're if you just want the taste of something without all the alcohol you can actually do that with this thing but um but just for Vince I'm also drinking it over that big ass board cube
1: don't get too close they'll assimilate you
2: the resistance it is it is
1: if I looked in the board cube and I saw seven of nine I'd be like take me I'm coming yeah yeah I'll clean up. All right, here it is. The book of the month again: Havoc and Wolverine meltdown. Four-issue series, prestige format. When was this released?
2: Uh, Nineteen
1: eighty. Come on. This uh, is the one thing I didn't. I didn't write down. Nineteen
2: eighty-eight. At least that's the first issue from Epic Comics. is nineteen eighty eight, and it's uh, what should I call it? It just says nineteen eighty eight, no month on it, because it's volume one, two, three, and four, and it finished uh, nineteen eighty nine. So um, the end of
1: eighty eight, beginning of
2: eighty nine, is when it, uh, is when it was
1: published. Right, and, and the hook here is that uh, because it's the meeting of uh, two mutants one of them was illustrated by John J. Muth, and that's Havoc, and The Adventures of Wolverine was illustrated by Kent Williams. Uh, To my eye, it looks like Kent Williams did a lot more of the book than John J. Muth. Uh, And to me, that's a very good thing, because um, Muth is extremely uh, beholden to photo reference in this book
0: crazy yeah because yep. havoc
1: is james dean yep, yep. uh dr neutron yep. is basil rathbone yep and it's like uh, it, it doesn't pull me out of the story i don't usually use that expression but um if you can imagine you're watching a movie and jimmy smiths comes on right and so okay you're this is jimmy smiths as a character right it's not jimmy's well it is jimmy smiths but you don't see him as jimmy smiths you see him as princess leia's father or whatever right but in this the fact that havoc was so blatantly james dean i was a little bit i got to give the side eye to it cuz i think number 1 it was a bad reference choice because um, when you have a larger-than-life character like James Dean and we're supposed to see this character as Alex Summers, it doesn't work. At least not for me, right? I mean, Muth may have had a stack of James Dean photos because at the time there wasn't any internet where he can, you know, and there wasn't DVD. So he had to do his research for the, for the reference, um, and is is it me or is uh, Quark maybe Maureen O'Hara? I don't know. Or Hetty Lamar? Uh, I see more I Maureen even more O'Hara than yeah, Hetty Lamar. I mean, at
2: yeah. at times I thought maybe uh, Nicole Kidman walked into the room,
1: but I'm, I'm based on what the nah, rest of the
2: good. reference. It was it, it's it's much earlier actors yeah. and actresses. Oh yeah yeah yeah.
1: And I mean, if you're gonna model your mad scientist after basil rathbone like that's a a good idea i just don't think he should have made it so blatant because uh, as a horror film fan i I know where those shots were from i know the stills Mm -hmm. that he that used to to craft his dr neutron so uh, it it was a little i thought it was a little bit much in in terms of the uh the photo reference go
0: ahead
1: oh you
0: i was just gonna say we're uh, before we get a because before we get too deep into the art I gotta ask because we always do that
1: Yep. first experience with this when was it? I bought it off the rack as it was coming out Tap?
0: Mm-hmm. yeah same yeah same
1: yeah. and you brought this up a was, good okay. you brought up a really good point hmm. uh, the Wayback Machine uh, is sometimes not always a good trip
0: yeah, because right. I know
1: for a fact when this was coming out, I w- I thought it was the shit.
0: Yeah, exactly. That that was the thing. I mean, I I'd said in our Slack this today that uh, I've been having a bit of a crisis of conscience as it pertains to uh, consumption of things, and and certainly that would then, at least in part, play a role here at the show, which is just that I, I don't know if it's and. Like I don't know if it's just a trend right now, or or I'm just coming to the realization of it being the status quo for me. But I, I'm finding that uh, more often than not, I'm having trouble going home again. Um, Things that I remember, particularly when I was a kid, you know, a teenager or younger, that I remember so fondly because the memories have faded into uh, an idealistic, almost emotional, visceral. Uh, memory of of those things and how excited I was at the time and what they made me feel. That uh, when I've revisited them, not all of them certainly, but when I revisit them, many of them, I I come away regretting the decision because the old grizzled analytical person who's lived a lot of life sees it in in a light and just picks it apart, and I and then I'm left not being able to repull those emotional dopamine hits that I would have gotten had I just never watched it again and remembered it most notably of late, uh, was the Transformers movie, which as you guys know, I just, I really wish I hadn't rewatched. Um, but, but this would, I mean, I, I didn't, I, this was no, this was no sacred cow for me. I, I, it wasn't like, I'm like, Oh man, I can't wait to reread that. I, but, uh, but like you said, Vince, I, I do remember getting this, uh, from the shop and and, and thinking it was pretty cool at the time. So, I don't I don't know what's happened to me uh, since 1989, but <laughs> but
1: uh. right. Uh, I bought it more for the art. Um, at that time, I bought every Marvel, right, right across the board, yes. and so it, it was no surprise that I would buy this. Yep. Um, I bought all the X books, read them, I enjoyed them, okay, but I wasn't what you would call a diehard mutant fan like yourself, so the impetus for me buying this series aside from the fact that i bought all marvel was the art like i always liked mooth i like kent williams very much and so um i would actually parse the through the the pages and just enjoy the images and i think sequentially this book doesn't work that well um, I wouldn't call Mooth a great sequential artist, and I I wouldn't call Williams one either. But their single images are excellent. Like there are, there's a number of images across the four issues that I would be like, like the one where Wolverine is screaming Alex, and he's got his 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 hand his arms bent back behind him. That's a really good image. And uh, I mean, you could pick. There's there's a bunch of of really sharp single images in this book. But the problem comes when the storytelling enters the picture and things get a little muddy. Um, they get a little bit incomprehensible in some spots. Um, I thought a lot of the book was indecipherable because, um, for example, uh, when Logan finds the, the makeshift hospital where they were holding Alex and we're told – through Wolverine's thoughts that a bomb went off. And if you look at that page, when the bomb goes off, if it wasn't for the sound effects, you would never know that a bomb had gone off. It, hmm. it it looks nothing like an explosion to me. It looks just like splotches of color. I mean, expertly applied color, but it doesn't look like an explosion to me. And then on the next page, when Williams does the Wolverine naked on his knees, and he says most of my skin was burned off. And you look at the image and Wolverine's skin is not burned off. He just, I mean, and, and if he was in an explosion and his skin was burned off, why isn't his hair gone? Like, it just seems like there was a disconnect between the stuff that Walton and Wheezy wanted depicted and the things that Muth and Williams actually put on the page, right? It, it, that's what I mean. Parts of it are just like, you have to use your imagination to fill in the blanks, and and with two really powerhouse artists like Muth and, and Williams, I don't think we should have to do that. I think those guys should have done it for us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I mean, as as accomplished as they both are, I think there was a lot of shortcuts in this book. There's a lot of panels w- with just a a, a a splay of color and maybe a little um building or structure laid on it or they're, they're really dark panels that you can't really decipher what the hell's going on and then there's inordinate amount of time spent on scarlet we get a panel of her lips like just of her lips open right and it's just it's a strange off-kilter book and and i don't think from what i know of walton Weezy's writing I don't think they intended it to be that way. That's, I guess, the point I'm making. That there seemed to have been a separation somewhere between the actual script and the finished artwork. Like, the Muth and Williams was just like, oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Did you guys get that impression?
0: Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, so, I was thinking. All week I've been trying to figure out in my head how I was going to articulate this, which is to say I I, I definitely – like at first I'm like, oh, I just don't think I like watercolor art and comics. But then I thought, no, that's just not true because I started just thinking in my head all the watercolor comics I enjoy, and I thought, no, okay, so that's not right. So I think it's just that – and I think you're hitting on it maybe, which is just that it's not that any individual image in this book is off-putting to me. It's just that the collective pastiche of both the two different styles and the way they lay it on the pages doesn't tell a story to me. The words don't match the pictures in any compelling way that moves me. And, again, it's not a realism thing. Cause, you know, people say, oh, yeah, watercolor is not for me because it's not realistic. That's OK. Like, again, I mean, you know, we're all I mean, we're all at ac- Acolytes of the Sienkiewicz New Mutants run. And I just read a book by Dust in the Wind. that's watercolored. Tonight and that just came out and I thought it was great. So it's it's not it's not that per se, but I do think that when you are a watercolor artist, because by definition of the of the medium, you're you're going to have loose lines and it's not going to be you know tight tightly drawn. I, I I think you need to have another arrow in your quiver as a storyteller. And I don't. I also don't think it's fair to say that these two gentlemen don't have that ability because they did it in other comics uh but yeah this this was a cacophony of images that i don't think rolled up into matching the words to me
1: yeah well if you just want to fine tune it i think mooth is mixed media there is some watercolor in it but sure yeah yeah, i think he did he used something else and williams i would bet is either acrylics or fast drying oils because you can't get a lot of the 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 Blends and the mixtures that he did mm. with the intensity, the chrome intensity that he got with watercolor, it would be yeah. just too muddy. But, um, and I mean, man, he loves his burnt umber. Man, yeah, there, man. if I had a, a penny for every panel with burnt umber, <laughs> whew, but
0: I mean, w- one thing we should say about this book is, is uh, it, it is of its time, meaning that it came out like Dap said in late 88. Obviously, that means they came up with the idea probably 87 early 88 right um you know it starts with the premise it starts with these two gentlemen uh russian they're prisoners in in a russian prison political prisoners and they are were were taken into uh fr- from my vantage it too long of an opening sequence of some engineers drawn in an abstract way um at Chernobyl and having the Chernobyl meltdown, and this is a good example of how things can—the aging of something can be for or against it. Because, um, you know, Chernobyl happened in '86, so when we were reading this off the shelf, which we all did, Chernobyl was like of the moment. Yeah, it was—it was omnipresent. I mean, we we were still being fed. Uh, American version in terms of the journalistic slant of Chernobyl and what a disaster it was. And and it it definitely permeated a fear uh, about the dangers of nuclear energy in a way, bluntly, that has persisted. I mean, not to go off on a tangent, but a lot of people contend that nuclear energy is an incredibly uh, clean and cost efficient fuel source that we should have a lot more of globally. But uh, there haven't been new nuclear plants put on since since Chernobyl uh, and Fukushima, you know, after after uh, Chernobyl basically slowed it to a grind and then Fukushima. So, like, those those two incidents essentially changed the entire world's willingness to use nuclear energy forever, at least, you know, probably forever. Um, and in that moment, that coupled with, uh, with very much the Cold War, I have a feeling this book felt a lot more pertinent and 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 uh, and viscerally emotional to us because it was in the cultural zeitgeist at the time. Now that we read it, it's like, oh, like my kids are like, oh, yeah, Chernobyl was that dope HBO miniseries last year. Like, yeah, I learned about that. You know, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't hold the same kind of resonance Um reading it now even for those of us that lived in it well i can't speak for you guys but for me it didn't i'm like oh yeah i mean back then i would have been like damn that's crazy like like nuclear nuclear energy it's a big deal but now it just feels very dated you know just because it is it was a concern of of a generation ago
1: well i think it's a very real concern today i mean you you brought it up fukushima that the effects of fukushima are still being felt and will be felt for decades Right mm-hmm. there, you you still can't go to uh, Chernobyl. That area is still hot, um, yeah. and it's it's uh, it's a ghost. Uh, I don't want to say town, but it's a ghost area. Mm-hmm. Like uh, so, I I'm I'm not one for for nuclear power, but I know it's cheap and it's it's effective. Oh, I'm not saying I'm for it either. I'm, yeah, I'm just saying. I just I I think we're playing with uh with play, we're playing with fire with with right. nuclear energy, but. Um, The thing that really got me, and I didn't pick up on it uh, first read way back when, was the fact that Chernobyl was created by Russians, not the technicians. It was sabotaged by, uh, in this book, it was sabotaged by neutron and meltdown. They they did something to the technicians, where I don't know if it was subliminal things or whatever, but uh, and th- through direct intervention by these these this pair of Russians who had no love of Glasnost, no love of Gorbachev, were um, salty because of the the influence of the decadent West on on Mother Russia. This horrible scenario was instigated by two people from the country itself so it's it, it, i mean it wasn't a fault of um shoddy technology or human error it was the fault of these two salty bastards who didn't want to see russia turn towards um the uh the uh openness and and opportunity of the west that's the whole thing and that didn't i mean that happened so they uh wanted to take step two and that's where the havoc comes in they need havoc to jumpstart meltdown to do his dirty work because meltdown needs energy to do what he do and uh the book is basically a buddy movie uh where the buddies don't meet until the third issue (laughs) but well they meet initially in mexico and then shit goes south and they're shot with bubonic plague by this quark character uh aka scarlet Mackenzie, is it and um they're taken to separate locations and because of wolverine's healing power the bubonic plague doesn't work on him and havoc seems to have escaped it somehow but both are told the others are dead um and obviously havoc doesn't believe it because he knows wolverine and wolverine um uh, I don't want to say pray, but but he, you know, fingers crossed that his buddy Alex didn't didn't submit to the the, the plague. And then, through a sequence of events, uh, Wolverine gets mind controlled, of course, and uh, tries to kill uh, Havoc. But the inverse happens supposedly, and Havoc takes out Wolverine, and then it ends in this this uh confrontation and uh, i mean i really don't think that going deeper than that is is will do us any good right mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a yeah. very uh it's a linear story it's almost like levels you know you ascend to the levels and it's a it, one character chases the other and vice versa until they finally meet and it's not good and it, stuff happens
0: yeah, this was made before the era of internet and solicits and hype cycles but this was a hot book because it was epic not me for those listening gotcha not, I, don't, I don't mean what's that what,
1: what I said mean? gotcha you were going to say that it doesn't not epic in the sense of of a grand yeah, scale. Like, the imprint oh, epic. Like,
0: yeah, like the, yeah the, the imprint epic um, and for you young bucks listening we've mentioned epic many times but but that was Marvel's sort of foray into uh, more mm-hmm. adult comics, both both in and out of of superhero continuity. But this book was not only an epic book, but at the time, I mean, it was written by the Simonsons who were very much at the top of the Marvel game at the moment. And the interesting thing about rereading it is in terms of lining up the timeline, this was a period of time for many of us that was like peak X-Men. You know, this was this was Fall of the Mutants time this was X factor that, you know, Weezy easy This was that time when, when, you know, Australia X-Men. So like, this was definitely, I mean, the X-Men were hot in the moment for sure. And, uh, you know, mainstream X-Men. So this was a, a, a pretty daring thing. This wasn't like the Simonsons had been doing other stuff and then, Oh, let's see what they have to say about the X-Men. I mean, they were synonymous with the X books at the time. So for them to do this was a very exciting thing. Um, you know, I was thinking the modern analog for this would be Black Label, right? You know, in the sense that, right. like, yeah, it's 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 core Marvel characters, but told in a different way, a more adult way, with with at the time more um, uh, experimental or daring art. Uh, so, like, kudos to them for for doing this. Like, this is this was a like bravo bravo for the attempt. You know, I I do think it was definitely a a, a great attempt at something that could have been special and it was prestige format, right? Four issues, prestige format. So yep. you know, great paper, glossy paper, square bound. I mean, it was you know more expensive than than a typical comic on the stands. I mean, this was definitely supposed to be a thing. um, And in a, in a way, I think it kind of speaks to the fact that now it's uh, a little referenced nugget of a book where, where people say, Oh, I forgot about that book. That kind of speaks to the fact that it didn't really hit the way it was intended. I,
1: right. I don't
0: think, you know, it didn't it didn't stand the test of time like a lot of its contemporary works of that ilk did linear vertigo stuff and and the like, right, which which we still pay such homage to as classics. And you can read it now and think, oh, my God, that's, that's great comics. You know, the, this didn't live up to that, although that was always the attempt. That was the that was the plan with Epic. It just, you know, one, one of these times I know we've talked about Epic over the years, but one of these times we should do a deeper dive on Epic and, and what I consider to be a really successful failure, if that makes sense. Like I, I, I love the attempts, but I don't think a lot of it stood the test of time. God bless Archie.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of Archie. Um the, the thing about this series that I love there is there is one thing that I love about it, is that they took the Claremont Burn off panel snicked, where Wolverine obviously killed someone and you never saw it, and they Flipped it on its head and showed in graphic detail Wolverine just flat out murdering people, yeah and that's I mean that's what he does, you know he, he's a killer, and the one panel where he just pushes his claws through the back of that guy's head i I mean it, they, it 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 knocks his glasses off and the the claws come out his eyes, and it it's crazy, and it's it's visceral, and it's everything that Wolverine should be uh but it was never really shown at least to my knowledge to this extent before this book where like i said you had you had obvious off-panel incidents where wolverine dispatched enemies uh but you never really saw the the uh, extent of his his brutality where in this it's it's right there yeah i like that about this book i mean if if you have a killer an unabashed killer like Wolverine show him killing right uh maybe he wouldn't have been so likable if uh this was the the norm in in a comic where Wolverine would just slaughter people i don't think he would be well you never know with with people being people um at least to me uh i wouldn't regard him as the character i do today if uh all he did was just wantonly slaughter people like this and the guy really doesn't do anything Bad. He's just contacting his superiors, and Wolverine just pushes the claws right through the back of his head. That's that's cold. Kudos to the Simonsons. Yeah, he is. Yep.
0: I'm trying to remember if yeah. I, I mean, I'm just trying. I think you're right. I'm just trying to remember if we saw Wolverine blatantly killing people much
1: before this. You're probably right. I think from my memory, Claremont was very tasteful about it you would hear the snicked and Wolverine wouldn't be in the panel and then everybody he would come back and he'd be like yeah okay it's done. Mhm. Yeah.
0: And the you know, I guess I should know this cuz I was certainly super steeped in the X-books at the time but like I had, like when I think buddy movie I don't think Logan and Alex, right? <laughs> like,
1: like yeah.
0: Like if you were to ask me 10 Marvel characters Logan is most likely to get to go to Mexico for a a bender on like Alex Summers isn't in
1: that list, right? Nah, no, I agree.
0: <laughs> like it's like it kinda, it's kind of is random. It's like I don't know. It just seems super random. Like they just like these two characters wanted to tell a story with them, which is fine. And obviously, I mean, the premise of the story is nuclear power, so that's why that's why Alex is the is the partner. But right, but it, it you know uh, it just strikes me as as odd. Uh, yeah, and like. Like you said, we don't have to get too deep. There are things that I probably didn't notice back when I read it in the '80s that I noticed this time. That just uh, were hard harder to 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 look past. Like just plot contrivances, for example, when when they're when they're trying to figure out if if Alex is Alex, the the when when the agents are trying to do that, you know, it's like she's not willing to make the call until she sees him use his powers. And I'm like, all right. So you work for two dudes who are in a Russian gulag and we're to believe because they've told us already that these two are so cunning that they orchestrated through political machinations and subliminal uh, uh, mind alteration, a Chernobyl disaster. Uh, And then we're then able to come up with the idea of, well, let's find the mutant Alex Summers because he has nuclear power that we can use. Like they're smart enough and they have a deep enough intelligent network to do all that, but they can't be sure that that's Alex Summers. Like they track him down in Mexico, and by the way, the X Men were in hiding in Australia at the time, so they they figure out he's going on vacation, find him in a little shanty in Mexico where it's like a little dive bar. So they're good enough to do all that, like track him throughout the whole world and figure out where he is. But then they're they're not willing to, like make a move until they're sure it's him because they need to see him use his powers. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Like. Right. They obviously knew it was him because they had to find him in Mexico in a dive bar. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, there was no question it was him because how else would you have found him from Russia to there in the first place? So I, it just seemed like really like, I don't know. Like, it seems like a contrivance, you know. But well,
1: I think the fact that he was hanging around with Wolverine would narrow the list considerably, right? Well, oh. then
0: it's like they didn't know. That's the other thing. It's like, I think we're meant to believe that they didn't really know what they were getting into because, like you said, they shoot him with Plague. And then that's how Alex knows that they're lying about Wolverine being dead because he's like, dude, he's got a godlike healing factor. Like if there's anything you guys could have done to that wouldn't actually kill him, it's shoot him up with a disease. And they're you know, they didn't obviously know that or they wouldn't have shot Wolverine with the plague. And
1: But they did like, it fifteen times. They knew I
0: know, yeah, no, I know. But yeah, but I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, we don't have to go down the rabbit hole. It's it's I'm sure lots of uh, Lots of superhero plot lines don't hold up under scrutiny, but but I uh so I, I don't want to be I don't want to be um kind of hypocritical yeah. here, but uh but I'm reading I'm like ah, I don't know. Like okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. And and then you have the obligatory um semi nude page where Scarlet, I don't I don't <laughs> know, is she in a is she in a ladies' room? I don't know where she is. But she <laughs> well, she, you she wouldn't
0: know because it's again the, the rendering is not meant to a sequential story
1: but right but she seems to have some kind of recriminations for her actions like she's all doubled over and she's you know it looks like racked with guilt and she's touching her face like oh I are getting so old like what is that about like it <laughs> is alex's personality winning her over alex doesn't I really think we're
0: supposed to believe she's falling for her for her, her mark right right
1: but yeah. he doesn't really have a personality he's just like <laughs> he's just yeah, Alex. when your best,
0: when your best moments personality wise are when they turned you into a vampire right or in another universe that's
1: <laughs> it's rough man it is yeah. tough but uh i mean not to uh, th- again there there are some panels in this that are just beautiful they really are um and well-constructed well-executed panels just amazing stuff it, it's just that when you string them all together, therein lies the weakness, I think, of this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, obviously designed to appeal to the um, lowest common denominator X Men fan. Like they put Wolverine in it, so you know the kids are going to buy it, and it's gritty and and bloody and raw and uh, explicit to a point. Uh, I just think it's the outlier as far as epic goes. It doesn't fit with the epic line. Um, the fact that it says epic on the cover, regardless of that, um, it doesn't feel like an epic book to me. And I know you may say, well, what about the Power Line Saga? It looks a lot like that. Eh, maybe, but I mean, that was totally different uh, uh, storytelling than this. That was experimental and challenging and, and uh, perf- it, it was finely tuned to the epic imprint. This is just two creators working on the four color books who they ushered into this imprint to do something a little bit with a little bit more freedom, um, a little less uh, restrictions on what they can depict. So uh, I just I don't know. I just don't think it it it, it feels like an epic book to me. It, it should have been a. Uh... Graphic, Marvel graphic novel. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Yep. And what was the deal with the drawer that had all the little um, Marvel figurines in it? Were they going to try their hand at maybe getting, like the, the one page where uh, Dr. Neutron opens up this this little box and inside the... the, the well, those the, are chess pieces. They're yeah, chest. right. Yeah. So that implies to me that they were going to try to... to maybe get well, like spider-man you said, or captain like america to come yeah yeah right
0: right i just assume they have other plans other contingencies in
1: place it's like frank is like you made me into a pawn a mm. pawn of all things i'll freaking kill you yeah what um what version of this did you read i know dap read the single issues yeah same Oh, uh, I wasn't going to pull mine out, so I I read The Trade, and The Trade has the uh, Marvel Age pages from Marvel Age 68, where they they pimped the book really hard, and then it has uh, a a double page uh, from Hembeck, where Hembeck is talking to Wolverine, and it's fun. It was very very fun. I man, I, I there were times where Marvel Age was the thing I was looking forward to the most. Oh hell yeah! Every month sure. from Marvel,
0: yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah. It, it was a value. It, what it started off as a quarter and then fifty cents, and it went to a dollar, I think. But uh, you, you got your money's worth in terms of just reading time. It, it I was, always
0: read. Talk about reading habits. About your, were you a Books you most look forward to at the top of the stack or at the bottom. I was, uh, I was, I ranked each week, I would rank my comics from least excited to most and read them in that order. Wow. And, but Marvel Age was always, if Marvel Age was there, I would always read that first. Same. And and Comic Buyers Guide or anything, any of those, any of that ilk, I would read that first and then I would jump into the comics themselves and it was always least least interested to best.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, yeah, I got that too. I you that bought too. Comics Buyers Guide? Well,
0: I didn't pick? always buy it, but my store would give it to me sometimes. Oh, are you talking yeah. about the? You're not the talking f- about Comic Shop News. Yeah, Comic Shop News. Oh, okay. Because yeah, yeah. I almost. Yeah, I almost. I know. No, I know. no, I know. I, I know. For it, I, it's like I'm. It's like I'm insulting the sacred cow. Seriously, me. I had a. I had
1: a mini stroke. I swear to God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the 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 Comic Shop News. Thank you.
1: Okay, totally different thing, but yeah, I yeah. got gotcha. you. <laughs> So uh any God forbid, he, J-
0: Jason Ignat uh, says I, I read comic bark. Uh
1: another I wish thing did, y- well, yeah me too.
0: Well, I, I have I have subsequent to that since I met you Mooks, but I, I
1: didn't read it back in the day. Right. But I digress. Um so <laughs> I, the uh the thing I want to say about this that I uh, the one thing I did appreciate is the pulpiness of it. It it plays out like a Uh, like a a pot boiler from 1940 Mm -hmm. you got this cold i know i know you you (laughs) You got no you're not wrong right you got this cold war umbrella that hangs over everything these two well one gritty hero and one shining knight trying to do the right thing and these the the villains are so over the top dr neutron and meltdown like it it, it, this would be you could take out havoc and wolverine and put in like say the shadow and the uh, somebody else with with nuclear powers i don't know but it just seems it's very pulpy to me which is why that was one of its saving graces and i know that's the kiss of death to you but i enjoyed that part of I wanted to see. Tune in next week, where Wolverine kills a thug on camera. <laughs> but, At least they got the
0: costume right. Yeah,
1: but they didn't, though. They didn't. They did. They
0: did. Yeah, brown
1: oh no, great. they did. The 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 brown and 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 right. the brown. But so are we to believe that his long ass hair goes into each one of the protrusions on the mask?
2: I there's. I mean, aside from the tails on his on his cowl uh, and 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 the rosacea i there are some
3: rosacea, there, there, there's up.
2: definitely some uh some some, some artistic placing that uh that, that that our man does oh yeah in, uh, illustrating logan and as wolverine um because i do like i do like mutes because I, I like to cover the first issue and i believe that's the curve of the trade where you know it's, it's the more traditional looking headpiece on on wolverine but the interior um with the hair uh and um and of course with with the headpiece and and those those pieces going all the way as if he's as if he's on a motorcycle and it's flowing behind him or he's starfire but it it's weird but no i don't believe we're supposed to believe that his hair gets uh inserted into the into the headpiece like that
1: but they, it is weird they do look very similar <laughs> it, it's true yeah yeah yeah, I thought the chess aspect was annoying.
0: That they're playing chess.
1: Yeah, that they're manipulating these characters vis a vis a chessboard. Like, right. come on. Yeah. Yeah, but uh
0: yeah, there's a lot. I mean, again, like in '89, seeing them rail against glass nose and stuff—that would have felt poignant. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm like, ah, dude, you lost. You're old in Boston. Yeah.
1: And, and none of it's digital. There, there are a couple of, of stat photos, uh, tire tracks, and, and other things. But uh, for the most part, all of this art was created physically, which is very impressive. Definitely.
2: Yeah. I just turned to a page, and it looks like uh, and Alex Summers looks like Robert Nepper. <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah, Moose went on to be quite an accomplished children's book author. Yep, this
2: is fantastic. I mean, I, Moon Shadows is is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I I I am a fan of his work. This is of of all the things from him, by him that I've read. Um, it's least favorite sounds like it's more of a complaint. It isn't. It it's it still looks pretty, but um. It's when I think of things that I'd like to read that Mute has done. Um, this won't be high on the list.
1: Well, I think it bears uh, saying that none of these four issues would have been possible without Bill Sienkiewicz blazing the trail before them. Marvel never would have allowed this if Sienkiewicz didn't, mm-hmm. h- didn't hit with uh, New Mutants.
0: It's just, well... I'm glad you brought that up because we've talked about this many times. I, I know it was different for you cause you were a little older, but the first time I remember getting punched in the face visually and challenged for what a comic should look like was Sienkiewicz and new mutants. You yeah. know? And, and to my ever, you know, thank goodness that, that it, it was a successful punch, right? Cause it, I wasn't like this is terrible. I don't want to read this. It was, Oh my God, this is, Oh wow. Look what you can do. If like, you can, these stories can be so many different things, but but you're right. I mean, I, I don't fair fair or not. I, I, it's impossible for me to juxtapose what I just read again with that because I three or four years ago, I guess it was now when they came out with beautiful slipcase of his run on New Mutants and I reread it. Uh, it still holds up. Story end and visuals and and. And the visuals tell the story like it's great sequential artwork, and that's that's what's missing here.
1: Yeah. You know? yep. So,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, Sienkiewicz has his dalliances. He he has his 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 chestnuts. Like like every great illustrator, there are things that you can that yeah. you see yeah. that you can immediately attribute. He's to. he's Sienk- perfect, right? No, what? no, no. Uh, but. Yeah. Um, I'll be totally honest. Uh, as accomplished as Muth and Williams are, they're still in the shadow of Sienkiewicz.
0: Yeah, I mean not to not to go on a tangent with Sienkiewicz, but you know, a lot of people understandably because they know how much I love Moby Dick always say, Oh, have you, you know, maybe read the Sienkiewicz Moby Dick? And of course I have. I, I love it because I'm such a Moby Dick mark, but that's that's way more experimental, Sinkevich. Like that's I'm not saying it's like this, but it's there's not a lot of linear storytelling there. Now, one might argue Melville wrote a many, many hundred page super, super long winded by design and monotonous book. So if you're going to adapt that into a comic, inherently it's going to have to be a much different thing. And you can take a lot more liberties with how you convey it visually. I get yep. that. But but like Moby Dick, if you just read Sinkevich's Moby Dick, it, it is not, it is not a particularly visually faithful adaptation of the source material. You know, so he's certainly more than willing to go super experimental when he's given the, the reign to.
1: Right. But uh, just look at Straight yeah. Toasters for how um, left field New Mutants was. When Straight Toasters came out, oh my God. Um, and I think uh, Daredevil, Love, and War came out before Straight Toasters. But both of those books were like, Jesus, this guy's unhinged and yeah. in, in a good way. Right? And and I think that was the thing about No Mutants was the fact that it that artwork appeared in a mainstream mutant book that was so much of a status quo shatterer. You did not expect that. You expected uh, you know, the the the, the usual gang of, of of delineators, but then along comes Sinkevich and he's just doing these risky, daring um amazing uh, things that was why to me new mutants was such a uh, um a lightning bolt mm-hmm. now you look yeah, at new yeah. mutants in 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 hindsight it's like oh my god it's so great but all of the children of sienkiewicz the guys that grew up emulating him and aspiring to be him doing very challenging work But you still look at that New Mutant stuff, and it's like, wow, this is a really important book. Um, Not because of what it did, but because of what it is. I mean, it's very good work. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't, you know, whacking off on the page. All of that stuff was calculated, and he had an innate sense of just how far to push it. And I think it's – I mean – that that is a, a landmark for. Uh, we always talk about evergreen books. That run on New Mutants should be an evergreen Marvel title. I mean, I know there's no way it's going to be, because there's just too much baggage that goes along with it. Uh, but in terms of visuals, man, I mean, it, yeah, I, I don't. I, I hate to take the spotlight away from Mooth and Williams, but there's really no nothing that at Marvel. Nothing that really compares, other than Sinkevich's own work, like Electra Assassin, really compares to New Mutants.
0: It's weird because, uh, and I guess this is just going to be the night of Book of the Month tangents. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know if I don't recall if either of you read any of it or not. But uh, you know, New Mutants, which is one of the books that's been part of this whole X Men relaunch, Hickman verse thing um has for the most part not every issue but the majority of them the drama Rod Rice who I like a lot and he's yeah, very much of of the Sienkiewicz ilk. Oh yeah. And 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 I think it I mean this is very much by design. He's trying to channel Sienkiewicz visually uh including up until including there there's a, a whole arc with the demon Baron stuff. And uh I love Rod's work in fact I own you know Rod, right before he did um this new mutants run he did that Phantom X one shot that Hickman wrote. And I went pages from that, right? Because I mean, how often do I get to see my boy Phantom X? And I think it looks amazing. So I'm like a huge Rod Rice fan, but it's really weird to play in that sandbox that same way. Like it, it it's it's a weird, it's a strange thing to be a child of a, a of of an art style, and to be at at or near the top of the class, but then to go and try and do your master's thing. It's a it's weird. Like I'd almost rather they have Rod drawing that way on helions or x-factor right you know just it could be adjacent and evocative but you're putting rod on new mutants and doing like Amal rook and and the demon baron stuff it's like oh man i mean
1: you're, you're
0: begging us to compare him to his master
1: oh sure right and there's, there's no and that, es- no that that's it.
0: tricky that's yeah
1: tricky. yeah i mean you got to put your big boy illustrator pants on if you're going to be on new mutants and you're trying to channel Sinkevich. Yeah. that that's a very tall mountain to climb Right, mm-hmm. but i i think the 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 pertinent part about it is that we looked at new mutants back in the day and it was like what is happening this is i mean our heads exploded and then you look at what rice is doing on new mutants today it's like oh that's nice art you know you don't even question it right so so the the um so that's uh, a good question, especially for someone yeah, uh, like
0: you. Like, what else? What else in 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 mainstream comics? Because, of course, we can we can very easily pivot to things like the Black and White Revolution, or yeah. yeah so I'm not talking about all that because that I think that's a much easier path to take. I'm saying, but like, what else? Who besides Sienkiewicz fits that bill that 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 really challenged the the visual style in a in a way uh, in the big two that really took you aback as it was happening?
1: ted mckeever on what book metropole but well does that that count i mean yeah it was an epic book yeah okay yeah yeah because i mean mckeever's i i knew mckeever from transit so his art style wasn't as jarring to me as sinkevich who we all know was a, a neil adams clone and then just decided to rip off the the chains the shackles and just go hog wild but he had the skill to do it Uh, that's very important a lot of guys could i mean there have been many many sinkevich imitators in his wake but uh, i would say the good majority of them didn't have the knowledge that sinkevich had and just looked like they were sloppy and messy. Just for the sake of being sloppy and messy. That was the thing. A lot of guys looked at, at Sienkiewicz and said, ah, oh, it's so sloppy. It's not sloppy. It's controlled chaos. Where you had the, the children of Sienkiewicz who just thought, I can go all fucking crazy and just go nuts with the brush. And people think I'm great. No, you, you don't, you don't have the, the elements behind it. To, you don't have the, the knowledge and the experience to know how far you can push it or what rules you can break but whatever i'm getting off on a tangent but mckeevers style was uh every bit as uh jarring to the mainstream although he did appear in in epic uh the epic imprint but um yeah that's one guy who was just like man he is on a totally different wavelength than everybody else. Even Sienkiewicz, like McKeever's way of, of drawing the the human anatomy and just everything is just so left field. It's gorgeous. And and, and I'm glad that Ted has got some, some accolades after the fact. But in the moment, I remember a lot of guys like that is just, that causes my eyes great pain. And I was like, you don't know. Uh-huh. You, you do not know what you're looking at. You don't. Yeah, um, I, I just I hate to be a Sinkevich hour, but there there have been a lot of books. Like brought to light was amazing, um, and uh, th- I mean when that came out, it was a mixture of the mutant stuff and the uh, Electra assassin stuff. It was crazy. Uh, I have so much respect for Sinkevich um, for what he's done. That
0: would you put Frank Miller in that? Uh, no? He, well I'm, I'm throwing it out there. I haven't really thought of it that way, but I'm thinking like like artists who I mean, I know he he's obviously far more conventional than, than Sienkiewicz, but just in terms of like I, I guess what I'm maybe I'm thinking more of like artists who came up with a style that then became a style that so many artists that come after them def, you know, were defined by.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh in 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 light of that yeah, tweaking. That, I really would say yeah. I would say talking about,
0: no, would really say, talking about though, but yeah,
1: I would say yeah, yeah. Miller's yeah. very challenging. I, I wish that it wasn't inked by by Janssen. I would love to see if Dark Knight Returns was inked by Miller himself.
0: Well, that's another thing because I was thinking about this, looking at the signature auction stuff. A bunch of the pages uh, that are going to be the big money grabbers are inked by Klaus. Not surprisingly, right? I mean, Klaus yeah. has a lot of really important comics. And I was just thinking, like, when did Klaus become the Vince Coletta of these parts? Like, I feel like people talk about Klaus so derogatorily now, and I'm just baffled by that.
2: He's heavy-handed. No, it, extremely it, it, heavy-handed. He is
0: heavy-handed, but I will tell you that, like, like when I think of J.R.J.R., like, the stuff I liked of J.R.J.R. was by Klaus. Like, like, like when I think of the art, then I'm like, oh, that's when I love John Romita Jr. Like, Klaus inked a lot of it. And, like, when I think of Miller and, like, the stuff I think is... Like stands the test of time. Like Klaus was on that. Like, like I mean, like, like it was. It was Klaus Miller. It wasn't just Miller. So like, I, I don't yeah. know. Like,
1: see, like, I, I don't. I think Jr. finest hour was when he was inked by Al Williamson. Yep. Without question, on Daredevil, uh, Junior has never ever looked like better. It. Well, well, you're not. No, I mean
0: that's fine. No, no, I mean that's. But no, I guess that's my point. Like, I feel like over time people have. But, but, I mean, I just feel like J.R.J.R. was a star for a lot of years, and he was a star. Most of the time, he was the star. He was getting he was inked by a Klaus.
1: Well, yeah, I guess the two had a had a relationship that lent itself to, I mean, there was ideas passed back and forth. And I'm sure Yeah, it can that,
0: be the state, right? Like, that's Klaus. And, you
1: know. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's good, too. I, I like it, but I only imagine... What it could look like if it was illustrated uh, inked by Al Williamson, who I think was passed right. at that
0: time. I just feel like maybe I'm exaggerating. It just feels like Klaus. As we get older, like, like he's there aren't too many guys that have had his career. Not in, and just in terms of like, not that he was a busy inker, but like he inked books that are considered by a lot of people to be. He's
2: like, he's like the Jeff Goldblum of of comic ink. Sure, yeah, yeah. that's and a so good. It's like funny yeah. that
0: now there's this narrative that like but for klaus and i'm like i don't know man like like it's hard to but for klaus when like he's an integral part of of that artwork I, you know I, yeah and admittedly like as an art collector now i see these I, I, i'm sorry my dogs are going crazy we got i see these uh i see these like thousand dollar scribbles that miller shits out and then i'll see someone like pay klaus to ink over it and i'm like oh no that's worth a thousand dollars like that looks like a completed finished art piece like okay cool. So, I don't know. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like... I, I don't know. I'm not the defender of Klaus's virtue. It just seems weird to me that like, it seems like uh, like after Vinnie Coletta, people like shit on Klaus now. Like, he's like, like well, he's too heavy-handed. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like I think he's heavy-handed with guys that needed it. They didn't have much structure without him.
1: I know it flies in the face of everything I purport to be in terms of art, but I think Klaus is extremely messy and at times overpowering well a lot of times overpowering mm-hmm. and just uh in some aspects very lazy a lazy anchor. um i i don't think that he other than jr jr i don't think jansen compliments a lot of people i think he he throws the doors open enters the room I'm Klaus Janssen damn it and he just takes over and the book looks like it was penciled and inked by Janssen That's which fair. again That's isn't, isn't a bad thing I mean I love mm-hmm. the guy's work and I, I'm, sure. I'm not I'm not trying to you know poop in the cereal bowl mm-hmm. but I just think that if, if you want that traditional melding of two artistic visions Janssen's not the guy to go with yeah. Be- because he's going to strong arm you and he's going to overtake the the pencils and do what he does i i mean i don't cringe when i see his name on the cover but i don't cheer either because mm-hmm. in, in 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 relation to who the uh, the identity of the penciler if the penciler is someone i really like uh and i see yanson as the second bill i'm like oh boy my my mm-hmm. man's gonna get uh, obfuscated yeah. by by Yansen, but he is good. He's very good and fast, and gets the job done. And has been the the embellisher on a lot of landmark books. So who yeah. the who the frick am I to talk, right?
0: Well, that's just where I, I'm. Like, man, I'm like it's it's like there aren't too many inkers that have done as many all timer projects as Klaus. Like, I mean, dude is you know he's he's at a handed like yeah. Some of the seminal works of our lifetime.
1: It's true. I, I respect and admire the approach. Mm-hmm. The devil-may-care, expressionistic, just mark-making, just drag that brush or pen across the paper. I, I really admire, and, and again, that, I mean, if, if I was doing it, that's how I would do it. Mm-hmm. But I just think that he doesn't leave enough room for the identity of the, of the pencil. Yeah.
0: I would have loved, getting back to the book of the month, I as I was reading it this time I thought you know if I had a thousand wishes from some genie and I could I would love to have seen this book drawn by Sam Keith.
1: Keith's another one
0: of those guys that you mentioned. Yeah, before. but like but right but like I think but but in but in all the right ways, right? I mean super uh unconventional choices of anatomy. Yeah. But n- rarely if ever at the expense of the story.
1: I agree with that. Yeah. You know. Totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So let's put this book of the month to bed because we have other things to talk about. Um, again, it is ha- this has been Havoc and Wolverine, Meltdown, Simonson's on writing, illustrated by John J. Muth and Kent Williams. We are going to tweak <laughs> for the new year. We're going to tweak the book of the month formula or format traditionally um we've explained it a bunch of times but those not in the know will do it again we've um given our patrons a list of 11 titles from which to vote and uh mob rules the winner uh is is chosen by our patrons from january on we're going to try something different We're going to ask our patrons to submit choices for our Book of the Month. And from the pool of responses, we will choose the winner. And the winner, uh, the the person that, that submitted the winning entry, will get shouted out to high heaven on every Book of the Month. So I think it's a tip of the hat to those who are there for us each and every month, they get to submit their favorites, and we pick the winner and big them up on the show. Because, like this, although we did go on tangents and made it, I think made it fun, this wasn't the greatest experience reading uh, Meltdown. And uh, the past couple months, we've had some winners, but more often than not we had some that we really weren't all vibing on and we want to try and curtail that because we want to bring the fun and the 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 positivity and the joy to comics and we can't do it if you know we're reading next wave or something crappy like that so um See, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are we're <laughs> We're, we're going to tweak the formula a bit. We're still opening it up for um, participation to our patrons. That will never, ever change. The patrons pick the Book of the Month. But we're just going to fine-tune it a little bit where we can narrow it down to the stuff we really, really want to talk about in terms of having read it in a dog's age or having read it at all and we'd like to see what the hubbub is um, stuff like that. So, yes, uh, 2021, 2022 will be the year of the, uh, the tweaked Book of the Month formula. Hope you like it. Be here. What say you two? Oh, my God. It's like a graveyard. Is, no, I was right?
0: giving Dap the air. I was giving him the. He
1: was quieter in the
0: Book of the Month chat. So. might want to.
1: No
2: that 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 sounds that sounds fine. It, it's I'm all in for uh, for a tweak to it. Um, I don't. The last thing we want is for it to feel like homework and for it to be a chore. I mean we we pick the books, we put them up for a vote because we expect that whatever wins. There'll be something in it that that um, that we'll be able to, to riff on. That, that hopefully the story is entertaining and we enjoy it, but that we can also go off on tangents and and talk about other things around it. Uh, as far as and if it's an older book that we've already read years ago, you know we can maybe revisit and talk about other things that was going on at the time. I always enjoy the book of the month because I like to see where we were when. We read something the first time if it is something that, that is that is not new to us. Um, so I never know where we're kind of going. Obviously, uh, you throw almost a dozen books on a list, and you kind of think, okay, well, this is definitely going to get more votes because of it's got a certain character, or certain creators, and, and of course, and, but... You never know how how votes are going to shake out by the time it's all said and done, so um, they're not all winners, obviously, but they've all been attempted, and um, then good or bad we've done it. but if we can make some changes to the format and and how we go about doing it as as long as it's fun, um
1: I'm more than willing to uh, to give it a shot.: Nice, well, there you go. So,
0: yeah, cos, co-sign that. I mean, I, I think that uh, I've been pretty open. Uh, that uh, I've been open to book of the month changes. I even floated the of not doing the book of the month full disclosure. sure. Yeah. I, I just because I you hate fun. No, no, no. We we you
2: know. This <laughs> it also is, needs to be fun to listen to. Like if you're
0: on the that, other end of this, right? It, that, that's exactly it. I, I I'm. I mean, we've always said we do the show for us, and and that's why I think we keep doing the show because because we we have fun doing it. And I would agree with your point, Vince, that like a lot of the books of the month lately feel not all of them, but a lot of them feel like they haven't been great reads. But I don't feel like the episodes have been not fun to do. Like, no, we've been having fun. So it's I mean, because if they were just not fun at all, then it'd be easy decision. But I do feel that like sometimes I can, uh, as a, as a critic of our of our own work, I. I it is my personal opinion that that our books of the month collectively are our least effective episodes. And again, not, not I'm not saying they're failures. I'm just saying that, like, because it's the closest thing to work a lot of times. Meaning that we have to like we feel obligated because we did ask readers did vote on it or listeners did vote on it, and and, and presumably a lot of them are going to read the book along with us and participate we feel obligated to, to give them their money's worth you know to, 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 to put in a good chunk of an episode into it and that's fine and and you know, Laura knows we, we do we put out more content than, than than most people have time to listen to I mean we put out uh, you know 12 to 15 hours at least a, a, a month so so but even with all that said I mean I, I am someone as you guys know who very much values my time and and I think is pretty effective at balancing lots of personal interests and work and all that stuff and, and finding the time to do it all. So I'm just very mindful of the fact that like, well, I know it seems ridiculous when I, when we have 15 hours of recording to do to say like any one thing is taking up too much time. But if, if we're dedicating one complete episode per month uh, to this and, and then reading it and taking notes and coming up with a narrative, I mean, that is a, that is a, you know, 20, 20% of our comics time and and that's a big chunk so it's like i just want to make sure that 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 it's it's the best allocation for us to do it right like i don't mind i don't mind the time to read something and to 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 collaborate on it and then to spend a couple hours discussing it if 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 the end result is both enriching to all three of us and to Dap's point, the listeners. Like, I want to make sure that the listeners are like, ah, I'm skipping the book of the month. Especially if, like, I always worry that if we're like, ah, we really weren't feeling it at the start of the show, they're just like, okay, I'll, I'll tune in next week. You know, because they're like, I, I don't really, if you guys weren't like it, I don't need to hear you talk about it. for So, and, and a lot of that's in my own head. I, I, I've put, I've posited this, these these concerns to our, our, our patrons and our Slack and stuff. And, and they've largely said, oh, man, it's cool. Like, it is what it is. Like, I'm not, like, you're overthinking it, but, but I, I still often come away thinking like, ah, oh, man, you know, I just like, I'd, I'd like the hit rate to be higher. And I think your idea, I think it was your idea, but it's maybe it's your fewer staffs. So I apologize. Uh, of, 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 of opening it up to nominations and we pick from there. I think it, I I'm open to it because I think that it does stand a greater chance of, of our personal hit rate meaning stuff. We collectively enjoy rereading or reading. I think there's a much, there's a much higher percentage chance that that goes up. And that's all I want, you know. I'm fine with listen, there's no way we're gonna do deep dives on as many comics as we do where we're all gonna love everyone. Like that's I've never needed that. But I I I, I don't love the idea of, of every month or every other month being a thing where like all three of us are like, Yeah, so what else, fellas? So what about that <laughs> comic? You know, like that that if if we can't have one person anchoring the discussion, like even the next wave, which we joke about. For me, that was an okay like that episode. I didn't mind because even though I I gave you all grief in the moment and was hamming it up because you neither of you loved it, I love that book. And like you were saying, Vince, to us on our personal offline chat today, if I love something like even you, like I, you're got you're not knocking me off my pedestal. Like like no. I, like like you can tell me you thought it was dirt trash, and I'm gonna just be like, are you nuts? Like you're insane. Like because I I mean I love Next, Next week that much. I mean I have a fucking jam piece of it. Like I, I think it's great. So like. Yeah, I, I don't care if a thousand of y- of you all chime in, you know, and say, oh, I thought it was trash. I don't know why Woodrow likes it. like Because I love it. But but when we're experiencing something that, that I'm not as beholden to or as new experience, and then I'm like, ugh. And then you guys are also like, ugh. It, you know, that's it's that's, tough. that's hard to navigate. Yeah,
1: it is. It's tough. But I think we have proven that we can spin straw into gold. E- even when we don't like something, we can find a way to at least entertain the ears re- on the album. Re- op- rebrand Rapunzel Comics? That's fine by me, uh we can at least entertain the ears on the other end, so uh yeah, this is just ensuring a little bit of insurance that uh, what we bring to you is at least loved by the majority of us, so there you go, yeah,
0: yep. yeah, before we move on to uh discuss some other comics that we loved this week, i didn't want to forget that I just want to raise a glass uh while I still have some wine left to toast a gentleman that we certainly all knew uh you know reasonably well I, I would call him a, a friendly acquaintance more than a friend um but nevertheless uh you know knew him well enough to certainly get pretty sad this week to learn of of ryan bodenheim's passing yep uh you know um I'm sure a lot of listeners are aware of that but ryan ryan uh was a comics creator um you know did a lot of work for uh for Marvel and Valiant and uh and was uh, co-creator on a number of of books with Jonathan Hickman um and he was young he was 44 years old you know younger than us and uh has two kids and he passed away this past boy well, passed away a little more than a week ago now but uh but uh, I guess we all publicly found out found out about it uh, this week um and I just wanted to do a toast cuz you know he's a guy that um Probably saw it. Uh, I don't know, a dozen conventions over the years and had the good fortune of of, of getting art from. But every, even when I wasn't getting art from every time I saw him at a convention, we would, you know, we would chat um, about, uh, you know, life, the universe and everything. Nice, very nice dude. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always, it always, it always hits me harder when someone, like, you know, that's young and still has a lot of life to live is gone. So, uh, so just, you know, raise my glass to Ryan. You know, people called him Bodie. Uh, that was his nickname. But, uh, you know, to to Bodie and, and I hope... Uh, you know, all my best to to his, his his kids in particular, who uh, you know, obviously are still pretty young, so it's uh you know, it's a bummer. I hate to see it. Yeah. Salute. Yeah, salute. Yep. Not to be a downer, but just, you know, wanted to pay the man his homage here while we had the chance.
1: Well, he surely deserves it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, really nice guy. On that note Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that, but I meant well, to do it in the beginning, and then we kind of just dove right into the Book of the Month, which was cool, but um,
1: yeah. Well, I don't know if this is going to bring up the room, but uh, I think it's, it's an important book. It, it's certainly relevant and topical and deals with a lot of uh, issues that uh, are currently plaguing humanity. But
0: are oh, you done my swamp thing?
1: No, not yet. No. Oh. But I, I think it needs to be read. It's oh. uh, published by Behemoth. Oh. Yeah, we don't usually we don't talk too much about Behemoth, but they do mm-hmm. good stuff. It, it was written by Massimo Rossi, illustrated by Ramiro Borrayo, and it's called Nobody's Child. And I took a chance on it based on uh, Borrayo's art. Which is a melange of current Frank Miller mixed with Ian Gibson. It, it's it's very exaggerated figure work. Um, the the line work is is uh, expressionistic and loose, and I, I think it's beautiful. Um, and when I say current Frank Miller, I mean current Frank Miller inked by someone who restrains it a little bit, right? Because the the stuff we saw at the in the back pages of um, Dark Knight 3, of that stripe, that unrestrained stripe, but a little bit reined in by, by his inking. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great-looking book. Here's the, the rub. It's the 23rd century, um, and the, the DNA of the albino rhinoceros has been discovered... To have amazing curative properties, it cures cancer, a whole bunch of stuff. So, what happens when a borderline extinct species is uh, discovered to have uh, the cure all? Well, they're hunted and they're poached and they're, they're dissected and they're destroyed for their, their raw material. Uh, the animal's highly sought after, unfortunately, for the animal. And the, the, uh, the book focuses on a young man from the Sudan named Bakari Azakiwe. And his family was, uh, they were rhino protectors, long lines of, 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 of albino rhino protectors. And Bakari is the last of his lineage because the, the rhinos have all been killed and his rhino, Sabium, is uh, scarred. The horns are gone. Relatively old, ish for a rhino, and um, it's it's Bakari's job to make sure that this rhino is protected, which isn't easy when the whole world wants it. Right? There's a backstory about uh, Bakari. Seeing his sister die, because uh, of the from the encroachment of the white man, the white man came to Africa, noticed there were um, oil deposits, and just raped the land. And his sister Kai was an unfortunate um, collateral damage in in the incident. But the the problem comes from a character called the German. And his real name is Absalon Meyer, who uh, has a backstory of his own. He he watched his wife die of an undisclosed illness. And because of that, he chases death to alleviate the pain of witnessing his, his, his wife die. He became a pit fighter, then a poacher. And the dude is ruthless, and he's vile, and he's an outspoken racist. So if you are at all squeamish about racial slurs, especially the N-word being thrown about liberally, um, you may not like Nobody's Child. But I, I, I um, implore you to read it because I think it's a very important story. Racism notwithstanding, because it, that's important because obviously Bakari's black. And this German guy comes in to Africa and he's trying to scoop up all these rhinos and he he looks down his nose at all of the people in his employ as nothing but slaves, savages. Um, and this is just the tale of of Bakari's uh, plight to keep his brother, Sabium, who is a rhino, safe and, and healthy. And it doesn't work out. Um there's a, a point in uh, i read up to issue 3 fourth issue didn't come yet but uh there there's a point where sabium's captured uh the german captures sabium and the uh the experiments and the uh dna collecting on this animal is uh off-putting to say the least this this man inserts a prod into its anus to stimulate to make it ejaculate so they can uh procure the semen and they take blood samples and they take horn samples and this this beast is just put through hell and meanwhile bakari is not in the best shape either he's shot and he's taken in by this tribe who nurse him back to health and the the two narratives are going to dovetail eventually, hopefully, and I'm hoping Bakari gets the rhino back. But I mean, it's a story of of the white man doing what the white man does, taking things that don't belong to him, that uh, over which he has no 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 jurisdiction. He comes into Africa, takes the oil, takes the rhinos just rapes the land for his own gain that's why i'm saying this is a very important book to read it's not definitely not of the at least through the third issue it's definitely not a feel-good story (laughs) by any means but i'm hoping with the resolution um it does become one or there's lessons to be learned here is what i'm trying to say i think the book is amazing the art to me is, is exceptional um it's it. It definitely inserts you into the African plains, and um, it feels very very real. So if you have a couple extra bucks at the end of your um, comic buying for the month, I really really hope you'll check out Nobody's Child. It's a very very good book. A lot of of uh, of words there, but um and How all- did
0: you get turned on to this book?
1: I saw the the page in previews the cover and I was like oh mm-hmm. that that looks really cool I like the way that Barayo delineated the rhino it was very very loose and and expressionistic and there was a life behind the eyes of the rhino like it just wasn't lines on page mm-hmm. it it, w- it was a an animal with feelings and there there's a there's a connection between uh Bakari and Sabium that's really special and it's an it's a it's a beast. It's an animal, right? But what if what is man but not uh, a beast? So I, I think it's I, I love this book and it, it it tugs at the heartstrings. But it's important because these are issues that we have to face and eliminate. I think, in order for us to to advance as a species, can't keep doing this. It it's it's it doesn't benefit anyone but the the fat. Bastards that are making money, and, and that doesn't help anybody. It's a, just read it, it's a very good book.
0: Yeah, I mean, I asked because it sounds great, and it's like I get so frustrated because I feel like I look at previews three times before I submit my order, like front to back. Yeah, and I still don't find things all the time. Like, I was doing a list of uh, I posted on the Facebook group, and in slack today but i was doing a list of uh you know the best of 2021 lists that crop up compiling them into a you know one one master list um and and i had no idea dash shaw put a book out this year yeah mm-hmm. no i know i mean I figured, but but like i like i've read i think just about everything he's ever done and i'm like how do i not know Dash, I'll put a book out and then I see it all on these best of lists and I'm like, what? Like, how did I not, like, how did this not reach me in some way? And it's just like, I feel like it just happens all the time. I mean, comics is in this weird place right now. Like, there are, I guess it's just, it's not just comics, it's entertainment in general. There, there's so much content that even when you think you pay, an insane amount of attention to it, yeah. like we do with this stuff. It's stunning how much you still don't know, or or see, or, or discover, or read. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, I think it's because of the alternate avenues of distribution. I mean, yeah. there's a, there's a lot more than previews going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, as John O, one of our listeners, pointed out uh, when I was remarking about the dash all that, I guess it was it wasn't in previews. It was put out by um you know book public uh, by a book publisher. And uh, wasn't wasn't solicited through the comics channels, so you know it's a problem.
1: You have to be vigilant, and you have to you have to just always be on the lookout for new stuff. It's tiring; it really is. That that's the one thing I like about previews is that it does it is a catch all for a lot of stuff, but not the majority of not not all of it. You know, there's great stuff going on outside of the norm and it's it's very tiring but we got to do it if we want to be on the on have our fingers on the on the pulse you got to do it yeah got to do it but i don't know how you missed this because it wasn't previews so yeah no
0: probably because it was behemoth probably didn't even
1: yeah scrutinize yeah. my friend
0: yeah yeah seriously
1: um i think da it would give dap a run for his money in terms of the yeah it
0: sounds challenging for our man here yeah
1: but um i'm i'm really hoping it turns out for the better um mm-hmm. the the end of the third issue is is horrifying it just you it pulls back and you see um uh, sabium in the cage and he's got stitches in him and he's bleeding and he's just tired and uh yeah but i know my man bakari's gonna get him he's gonna he has to it, it, it can't be that depressing hopefully hopefully not but i mean you have to go through the dark to get to the light right yeah yeah it's a very very good book six issue series half over yeah check it out what else do we have my man you mean my men i did say men did I was oh. yeah. I had the the beer can lifted, and I may oh. have slurred my words. Men, Depp, men, how many, men.
0: Years, how many years was the anniversary? It was. Uh,
2: it was six sixteen.
0: <laughs> you didn't think about it. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't because
2: it, no, <laughs> no, because it, if it it's just like my birthday. If 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 the year doesn't end on a two, I'm completely fucked. So okay. our, we were married on uh, December. 27th in 2005 okay there you go. nice uh in in our living room we eloped and the judge stayed for dinner we didn't expect him to but he did and uh yep. it was it was it was a great evening and uh the anniversary dinner was great and uh unfortunately i was not able <laughs> to embarrass my wife um Thanks to the sleeping baby at the table next to us, I did not want to mm-hmm. be the dick to to wake the child. So um, Aww. so yeah, so so she got away scot free. But uh, but yeah, yeah, so it's been it's been a crazy week, and then went to the movies last night. Got home That's this right. morning from it. So yeah,
0: we take for granted how how much of our collective lives we've known each other now. Like you were pretty much like a newlywed when we started the show. Really, at least when you started bullpen, certainly. Like, yeah, you know, I mean. Like it's weird, cause you like I met you though you're after you were married, so I don't, like I don't think of you as that way. Like I've only known you as married, Dap, like Renee, right. you know.
3: Yeah, yeah
2: it's to be before we were married, and it wasn't until yeah, so we moved into the house around Labor Day of that same year, and yep. and I I told her by the before the end of the year we'd be married. So I got in before the lock, but uh, we um, but yeah, so that was. Yeah, oh six went to Chicago,
1: and the next one, yeah, started. So yeah, so yeah. you 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 both did see the movie. So why don't you speak oh, on the it? movie? Yeah, the movie,
0: you Matrix Resurrections?
1: No. <laughs> why don't? In, in uh, in West why don't you enjoy yourselves and speak on it?
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, I I I think we, well, we probably yeah we should avoid spoilers, even though like I have to say I am. A while there, but pre pandemic, like a movie doing a billion dollars was no longer shocking, you know, because it was like, oh, yeah, they're it's a blockbuster, that's what you're supposed to do a billion. But in a world where like you're doing 50 million dollars, I, I am absolutely a gobsmack that that Spider Man has done over a billion dollars already,
2: in especially the theater. in like, theaters that, that aren't at full capacity.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, yeah like, yeah, I mean, now obviously, and just theaters,
2: it's not like it's all yeah, streaming, it's just yeah. the theater.
0: Well, that helped, right? I mean, because because Matrix Resurrections is an absolute box office bomb, uh, because it was on HBO Max. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I, and and admittedly, with Omicron going around, I, I probably would have watched Spider Man on at home. Like, I much prefer. I, I love it. I love the theater. Like, I I would when it seemed like we were mistakenly thinking the pandemic was ebbing and we we're all vaxxed up and we were going to be good to go. I I started hitting the theater pretty frequently because I I do love the theater. So I, it's not like I'm I'm against going to theater, but um, but yeah, I mean as to the film, I mean we were waiting for Dap to see it because he had to, he had to, he had to you know he had tickets were weren't weren't uh, early bright and early like some of us were. But yeah. but I, I mean I you know it's one of those things where where I got worried because the hype on it was so positive. I mean you know people from like all of our circles of influence, you know from from Mario to Flippa to. You know, even people like not in my comic circles that just like the movies and stuff like we're like, dude, this is the best. Like, it's so good. And I'm thinking, damn, like, man, you got you got you all got me like I, I try not to get hyped up for these movies because, you know, we've had enough of them now. And I don't mean just Spider-Man. I just mean like comic or superhero movies. We've had enough of them that inevitably not everyone's going to be the greatest ever. So I I, I try not to. I just try and say like it's going to be enjoyable for what it is. Remember how it wasn't that long ago in our lives we didn't have any of this stuff, and and we would have been, been bowled over at the premise of of seeing one of our comic characters come to life, regardless of the quality of the film, and don't lose sight of that. And um, but this one I was like, oh man, I mean I couldn't escape it. I mean, you know my son Jackson who's super into movies was like, Dad, all my friends saw it opening night and they said it's very you know it's the best superhero movie ever, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like this is going to be, man, what what are we getting into here? And I got to tell you. You know, we went we'll Hollywood family. It was my it was we went and saw it on my birthday. Um, it was so it was it was you know we ran the gamut of, of you know even even wifey, and uh, every one of us just loved it. I mean, absolutely loved it. And I have to say, I mean, you can always nitpick any movie, um, but I thought it was as close to perfection as you can get from a superhero movie. I thought it was absolutely great for me. The right mix of action and heart and humor. And uh, I loved the – I just feel like to me now, because we are kind of jaded, we do get so many of these now. I feel like the ones that, that mean the most to me and that stick with me are the ones where I feel like they really do pay attention to the details, the small stuff. And uh, to me, like, that's what separates this movie from, like, a Shang-Chi or even in Eternals, which I enjoyed. I mean, again, I, I, I'm i not I'm not shitting on those movies. I, I enjoyed them very much. but But, like – those are kind of like big ideas with some cool execution but there's some pretty huge contrivances or holes in the plot or maybe they lack a little bit of harder narrative depending on which one we're talking about this i think had it all man i think it just felt like a really carefully lovingly manicured homage and and the other thing that it does which is so hard to do is it it you know it it closed this loop on fandom that i didn't even know we needed closing it's like you know, you have these moments in your life where you feel like you're getting closure or healing. And you, then you look like, I didn't even know I needed that. You know, maybe you have a good cry or something, or you have a big hug and you're like, oh, I I didn't know I needed that. I felt like that with this movie. Like I didn't know that I needed someone to tell me that all of these films that are by different actors and different universes could all still matter. And it's okay. Like I didn't, I didn't really ever think of it one or the other, but then watching this movie, I'm like, Oh damn, it all matters. And it's all good. But it all is like good in a good way. Like it's all like it's all gravy. Like it's great. Like all the effort for all of these filmmakers, all these actors, like it all did matter. And like they're all cool with with what comes after. And just the whole thing, I was like, man, this is just this is a love fest. It's a love fest for for comics because we're all so much of our comic fandom is continuity. And like this, this is like an ultimate homage to continuity, but not like an annoying way where where it's just like, you know, picking up on some small kernel from another film and then saying oh it matters just like just lovingly saying like no it all came like it all like all these stories matter if you want them to and if you didn't want them to that's okay too like like but it's 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 all there you all you like you can enjoy it and then you can enjoy the next thing and you're not wrong for it you don't have to judge them against one another and i just uh it was all the feels man i thought everything about it was terrific the acting was great like I said, I was I was laughing out loud. I was I was you know, I was feel I was getting for clamped I just thought the whole thing was, was was pitch perfect. And as I was watching it, I'm thinking, like, man, that's gotta fucking see this film because you fucking love Spider Man and I'm like, this this motherfucker like he's gonna he I hope he brought us some Kleenex because i n I, I, I'd be I was I mean, I would have been shocked if you were like, it was alright.
2: <laughs> I uh I, I was absolutely blown away. I was it's it's been a crazy 80, 21 months. It. I didn't know if we were going to go to the theater. It it is a, my wife is not the biggest Spider-Man fan, but she is a Tom Holland fan. And and, at Tom Holland as, as Peter Parker and Spider-Man, she enjoys. Um, and, and it's for somebody who dislikes Spider-Man so much. One of our first dates was seeing the first Tobey McGuire Spider-Man movie. And, um, And then she did the okie-dokie. Oh, I'm too tired to drive, so I had to fucking drive her home. But she uh, we're sitting there, we're watching this movie. And I just... The reason we went is our our newlywed neighbors told me that that they had tickets to see it. And uh, so so they invited us along. So um, it worked out. And uh, got there sat down and um as soon as it starts and then right um right from the get go, uh I just I was glued to the screen, couldn't couldn't look away. I um absolutely loved everything about it. I think that uh it it, it was also done by someone who did their homework based on movies that came before and and it wasn't like they they were just trying to be funny or smart and and throw things together as as a wink and a nod to to people who may have seen something there were there was actual reasonings for everything that they did and um it's it 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 did there were gut punches there were uh there were laugh out loud moments um and, and yeah, and, and, and there was some, there was some heartbreak as far as, you know, a, a, a superhero movie can, can give you, but it, it ticked off every box. It, um, there was, it was almost like there was a weight that was lifted when it was over. Um, you kind of, I finally was able to exhale by the time it was over. It, 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 I, I caught myself, uh, a couple of times, not, um, holding my breath and it it was just it's it's weird and it may sound silly to but someone hears that but there were there were just things about it it, it was beyond what i saw on the screen for me there, there were other things going on that um that 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 mattered that made this movie matter a lot more than just it being another installment in the mcu or continuing any story there um there were other things going on. i brought baggage to it and and it all um it all worked itself out um everybody the, the my wife our neighbors everybody absolutely adored it um there were uh there were there were a couple of moments where i was probably the loudest person uh and it wasn't it wasn't a sold out theater i mean there were no more tickets available i i, I guess they had just decided that uh However many tickets were bought by the start of the day, that was it. So there were no more tickets being sold, but the, the, the theater wasn't packed. Um, but everybody in the theater was enjoying it and, and, and knew what was going on. But I was, there were a few moments where I was probably the loudest when it came time to um, being excited about things that, that, that had appeared on the screen. Um, I, yeah, I, I I didn't know. Honestly, didn't know what to expect aside from the one trailer I saw, where I knew, um, you know, if you squint, you can see lizard, and and that's that that's obviously Sandman, and oh, is that a, and, and so I knew what, uh, and of course because it's the whole multiverse aspect of it, I I could have guessed about a couple of things, but I wasn't trying to figure things out or or write the movie in my head i i i avoided everything i was happy to say that uh i knew very little aside from that first trailer of what of, of what was going on um so i was lucky in that regard but uh but no, i i i absolutely loved it i'd love to see it again they were just uh it was it was fantastic i mean it was it was a great it, it was a great story as far as the mcu goes but it was an absolutely fantastic Fantastic spider-man story and uh and I, I i chuckled because earlier in the day we watched into the spider-verse which is, which is absolutely one of the best superhero movies period but um of course peter p parker is is the elder spider-man in that movie um and there's not not a direct parallel and it, it's not like it was on purpose but there are things there's there's a character in uh no way home that reminded me of of uh of the older peter that uh, it, it, that also made me made me smile but um yeah I, again we're I'm, I'm gonna be vague because and i know it's been out for over a week now and i'm probably one of the last people to see it but i don't want to risk anyone else not being able to take advantage and see it
0: with fresh mm-hmm. eyes um do, do you no. think that um i'm glad you brought up the 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 Miles Morales flick cuz do you think we would have gotten this film without that film? Cuz I don't think we would have.
2: Oh no. Um
0: like I don't know when this started being development, but I'm pretty sure it was well it was well after Into the Spider-Verse was out there. And like I just think I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I as I was like thinking like man, like Into the Spider-Verse in and of itself is a masterpiece, but like I think it unlocked the creators, the filmmakers of this saying, you know what, like, let's, let's play with the multiverse. Like we can have multiple Spider-Men and it can make sense. And it won't yeah. like confuse the, 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 viewers and like, they'll be into it. Um, I will say, and again, you're right to avoid spoilers, but there was one moment, uh, involving MJ that <laughs> for a second, I thought, Oh, we're going to see miles. Like, this is where we see miles. Like he's like, we're going to get the Like this is going to be the live action miles unveiling. And uh, it, you know it didn't go that way, and it's fine. I mean, the way it went was great. I, considering who, you know, I'm being vague, but you know what I'm talking about. But considering okay. like who steps into that moment, and and it makes sense given what they had to go through in a prior yeah. film. Yeah, I was like totally fine with it. But I like there was a moment like, oh shit, we're about to see Miles, and and you know it didn't happen. Maybe maybe for the next one because they, I think Tom Holland's now agreed to do three more, so three they were going to get more. Yeah, but um, that, yeah. yeah, no, I just think it's great, man. Like I. I I mean, I will say, you know, we are at a point now where we get three Marvel movies a year. We get, you know, the shows. We get other – we get the DC film. So, I mean, I think it's unrealistic to love every one of these as much as you – know, at least on equal footing. But I just – I can't imagine this film not being in my top five for a long time to come, like yeah. in terms of superhero movies. I just I, – and, you know, I had just recently re- rewatched um, – I don't. What's the name of the one where they go to Europe? Um, Far from home. Yeah, I, I just rewatched that recently, and and it's a good film, but like it's it's just, I mean, like it is just so much in the shadow of this relative. I mean, it like, you know, like I just can't even. I mean, JB Smoove, you know, I'll, I'll snap next for JB Smoove, but but like I just can't like this this new movie is just it's incredible. I, I just I'm so, and it's just great that like cuz like you said dap i mean i was very happy to have avoided most of the i don't want to say spoilers but i i cuz like my 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 you know jackson my middle son who's super into this stuff too is like he's like cuz i said like oh my god you know the you know toby maguire and you know garfield and he's like well yeah i mean he's like you knew they were going to be in it and like kind of like well, what were you expecting and i'm like well i'm like I, but no i'm like i knew they were going to be in it but like as i think you alluded to dap like i I assume they'd, like, be in it, like, a little bit. Like, just be like, oh, and, and it'd be, like, a wink-wink. Like, oh, ah, that's cool, like, Toby McGuire's in it. Like, oh. Yeah, like, as if he's just
2: walking down the street. Yeah, the or,
0: like, even, yeah. even and even if he was Peter, like, I'd be like, oh, you know, like, I just, I didn't, I, I don't know why I didn't, but, like, I just didn't open my mind up to the idea that they would be integral, like, fully-fledged stars of the film. And, and I, I, and, and and I'm so glad I hadn't. Come in thinking that was going to be the case because it just made the realization that that was what was happening that much more gleeful, you know. I'm like, yep. oh shit, like, like they're up in this, like, like they're like, this is a movie about all of them, like that yeah. is great, like, yeah. like I, I yeah, I just didn't have that expectation. I, I don't know why. I mean, maybe I should have. I mean, yeah, it made perfect sense after the fact, but I, I just didn't go into the film thinking that's what it was going to be like. So,
2: and, and even. The whole thing with uh i mean i i i honestly did forget that uh that dr strange was one of the was was one of the heroes who who blipped out um and and yeah so when he uh when the whole thing happens with uh when when peter shows up at at the sanctum for the first time and um you know it's explained that that strange isn't the uh the hnic at the moment and it 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 just it, you were able to get caught up really quickly if uh, if if you haven't been aware or immersed in the mcu in the past year and change you you um cuz even though we're we're into the next phase now with with chi with the eternals and 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 the main avengers story is over um they're uh they're making sure you don't you don't really miss a step, and and I appreciate that. Even though it's not necessarily a a Marvel part of the main MCU, you're going to be able to see it on Disney Plus or anything. But it it's still nice to know that because he is in this universe that uh, that things that have happened have actually happened. And I mean, I I the whole the the way the future is now with uh with with changes in his life, and I mean, I the seeing the red and blue at the end. I mean that 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 gave me a stiffy but it it was one of those things where uh i am i'm excited to see where where the character and and his supporting cast goes uh from here and it was i was there was there's one thing that that surprised me and maybe it's a deleted scene maybe it actually is somewhere but um i was i was a little surprised that uh that j jonah jameson didn't get to meet himself (laughs) <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I mean of all the characters that we've seen that, that we saw in the movie from the beginning to the mid credits scene, um, yeah, I, I was a little surprised at that. But um no, I just I, I was, I'm 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 a geek for, for Earl's Worlds and what ifs and alternate realities and, and mirror universes and shit like that. We know that. But um to see it actually play and it's one thing to see it on Into the Spider Verse, because obviously it's animated and you can do whatever the hell you want, but to see to see live action versions of of characters you saw in in on, on the big screen actually sharing space with one another that that's just i you know it, it it's you laugh what a time to be alive it's just it never i don't want to say never but it it would have been this these are the kind of you know wizard lists fanboy dreams that you know you would have had years ago oh if they would ever do i wouldn't have thought it would have been next to impossible for me to think it actually would have ever happened but it did and and because of everything everything that's happened since the first rdj iron man i mean without all that we wouldn't have gotten here but it it's uh it's it really nothing is impossible it seems we if if you can imagine it it will likely materialize in some way, shape, or form
0: eventually. And you know, not that Marvel needs our pat on the back. I mean, freaking, they make billions a year. But like, it, I do think from a like, it is it is impressively ballsy the approach that they've taken to to in make continuity so important into film and TV. Like, I mean, like take take the the Hawkeye series that just wrapped yep. it up, right? I mean, like, they make a lot of presumptions watching that series. Like, they presume maybe you don't have to have, but I think to fully appreciate the Hawkeye show, which I adored, they presume you saw Black Widow. Like, and, and Daredevil, but yes. And Daredevil, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, like, they they make no, like, there's no editor's note. There's no, like, oh, previously, or there's no exposition about it. Like, they just presume you know who Yelena Belova is and that you know that she, like, they, they, it's just presumed. Like, and, like, sure, you could say, like, okay, they also presume that you saw the Avengers finale. Okay, uh, that I get, because like, you're like, okay, well, it was, the, it was the culmination of, you know, of, of you know, 20 Yeah, films. if you're watching so, Hawkeye, chances are you watched. it. Yeah, but, like, I don't know that, like, you know, again, like, like, I guess in the Marvel world, yeah, they assume you've seen all of the stuff they've made. But, like, that's pretty ballsy, man. Like, I, like... You know, because again, like we're not the like for us, it's not a big deal. Of course, we're all gonna have seen most of it, if not, you know, all of it. But, but like, my wife, my kids, like they don't, you know, they're, like I don't like I think a lot of people that that watch these things don't necessarily see them all. You know, like I mean, and I love that, like the continuity nerd in me that grew up beholden to that in comics. Like I, I just found it fascinating that they have been able to pass that that thing on to hundreds of millions of people in, in through a broader medium. Like, that is shocking to me that they pulled that off. You know? like Because, like, Yelena Belova, like, only matters in that show because you know who she is. Like, if you don't know who she is, it's, like, totally a different experience, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I know we're talking about Spider-Man, not, not Hawkeye, but I just was thinking, like, man, like, they just do a great job of of of, of conditioning us all to... I feel like we have to see it all so that we understand all the little pull pull winks and nods. Yeah. Yeah. And Vince said something like that. Ah, he's like I ain't seen any of it. <laughs> he's like I ain't seen shit. I see, i ain't going to see it. It's,
1: it's good to see you enjoy yourselves. There you go. You said today
0: you weren't going to yes. that's not yes allowed he to
2: you said. Yes, he did.
1: Well, what am I going to say? <laughs>
2: You what am I, said though no, no,
0: I'm no more the, oh, I'm glad. Well, really. I think it's in
1: 2022. In, in, in hindsight, uh, as a result of all this, what am I supposed to say? Y'all are fucking crazy. Like, whatever. You, go out, have fun, love what you love, whatever. I don't care. Well,
0: I will just say I need, with every ember of my being, a Kate Bishop, Yelena Belova TV uh, series. Yeah, uh, yeah I, the, new, the new Widow Hawkeye, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, I need it.
1: That'd be the dope.
0: I need it. <laughs> I thought she was the breakout star of that show, that, personally. Black Widow. Oh, she was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when she's sitting there in, the, in, in Kate's apartment, I'm, <laughs> I was fucking dying, dude. I'm like, holy shit. Like, the accent is great. And yeah. Holden, my 12-year-old, is like, man, the accent makes the whole, whole thing. I'm like, you're right. It really does. Like, the accent is hilarious. Thing... Oh, it was great. It was absolutely uh, great. Yeah. And she kept calling her Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. <laughs> and Haley Steinfeld just she's an absolute doll. Oh my god. She is, yeah. Yeah. She is just adorbs. Like every guy wants to bang her and every girl wants a beer. Like she's just all American girl. She's great. Vince Haley Steinfeld. Come on, dog.
1: Nice. Nice. <laughs> and please remember that this episode has been brought to you by yeah. our patrons. What? Yep. Our patrons are there for us each and every month. We hope that you will take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, and just look around. You don't have very long to do it, though, uh, to see the full effect of what we do each and every month, because it's only free till the end of the month. So have a look around. You may like what you see. patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. In your travels, this was far and away the absolute best thing I read all week. Hands down. Written by Jeff Lemire. Illustrated by Doug Mankey. Color art by David Barron. It's published by DC under the black label imprint. It is Swamp Thing Green Hell, number one. Do you need to know anything about Swamp Thing going into this book? Maybe a little a smattering, but even if you're just uh on the fringes of what the whole swamp thing mythology is about, I think you'll get this book because um Lemire starts pretty much fresh it 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 happens in a time when humanity's on the decline the the planet's waters are rising organisms are dying off, people are retreating to higher elevations, and you have this this community that's nestled in a in a in a mountain uh, landform where um they're just basically hunter-gatherers at this point. They're just trying to survive, just um farming what they can, fishing whatever the the water will give them and basically just scraping by and it focuses on a a, a man named ronald and his young uh daughter veronica their their mother uh, well veronica's mother ronald's wife uh committed suicide in light of the the uh disastrous uh events and um they're just trying to make do right but their their community is beset by bandits and it's kind of like if you've seen the movie ants you know how the grasshoppers come to the ants every so often and they demand that they hand over a, a, a large part of their their food that they grow it's and deep
0: cut here but yes i do know it
1: right it's not a deep cut ants is a great movie um so but there are bandits that are essentially the grasshoppers they they come to the the people of the mountain and they're like yeah it's time to pay up and uh ronald's like whoa, 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 wait a minute this you're too early we we agreed on a certain time and and this uh leader of the bandits who just happens to be ronald's brother-in-law uh his wife sarah's sister we don't get a name for the bandit leader but that's okay and, uh, a fight ensues and, and leaves the, 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 mountain community people with, with a bad taste in their mouth. So they huddle together and they're like, fuck this. This is bullshit. That we, we can't keep ponying up to these bandits. Where's it going to end? I mean, it's, it's, it's futile because the waters are going to rise. We're all basically dead anyway. So why should we kowtow to these, these these pricks! We got to do something about it. And Ronald's like, "Nope, you know, if you uh, violence begets violence, and it's not going to end well." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." So, so this Mister Baldy, who seems to be the mouthpiece for the the mountain people, they're tired of giving up the goods, so they take the fight to the bandits. And the bandits live uh, are are um, enclosed in this oil rig, this abandoned oil rig. And during the 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 siege, Ronald's brother-in-law has his throat cut, and he's cast into the water. And the green takes him. There's a part in the book where the parliaments, and if again if you've read Swamp Thing, you know about the various and animal man, you know about the various parliaments that exist in the DC universe, the parliament of trees, which is the green, and then you have the red. And then you have the rot. And all of these systems are usually in balance. But because of the status quo, because of the condition of the earth at this point, things are very much out of balance. And the parliaments all agree that the human organism needs to be removed. needs to, The slate needs to be wiped clean. So when Ronald's brother-in-law, uh, who's teetering on the, the, the precipice of death, uh the green takes him and it turns him into their uh their instrument it turns him into another swamp thing and he assaults the mountain community but the problem is he still retains some of the consciousness of ronald's brother in law like he 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 gets in in tight with ronald and he's like sarah no and it's it's really disastrous but uh Before the altercation, Ronald sends Veronica away. He's like, head north. Take the boat and head north. And this uh, benevolent old dude named Georgie is like, no, we don't want to go north. We want to go one place. And throughout the whole book, they're like, you don't go to the lighthouse. The lighthouse is bad. Stay away from the lighthouse. The lighthouse is no good. Where do they go? The lighthouse. The forbidden lighthouse. So who do you think resides within the lighthouse? Who's far worse than the bandits? Guess. I want you to guess. Knowing Swamp Thing mythology, who could be ensconced in the in the lighthouse? You, no picks?
0: Uh, uh, Anton Arcane.
1: No, but you're close. All
0: right.
1: John Constantine. Oh. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: okay. And what Constantine does is he takes a little bit of grass, and he's like, hang on, I, I got the solution to this. Takes a little bit of gr- a grass and does this spell that resurrects Alec Holland. And Holland comes back and he goes, Constantine, you bastard. So he's trying to pit the Alec Holland swamp thing against this new instrument of the green in order to save all of humanity. And that's where the first issue ends. It's amazing. This issue was fucking great. This is
0: big doings. It's more big doings than you would think, given... It's like a mini, you know. Sort of oh concept. no, it's
1: really big doings, and I'll tell you, I love Doug, Doug Mankey, but his art here is just impeccable. It's exquisite. When he goes into the the various parliaments, the red, the green, the rot, it's funkadelic. just yeah, it's a funkadelic. Yeah, it's amazing, and so you should really pick this up because I think I don't know if you want to get it in single issues or wait for the inevitable hardcover. That may be a better. A safe bet because the art and the story demand hardcover treatment. But just you another
0: feather in Lemire's cap, dude.
1: Yeah, you need to read Swamp Thing Green Hell. It's great. He's an old timer. Yep. I, I I've been trying to stay away from the big two, but this one pulled me in. First couple pages, I was I was sunk, like nice. uh, like Donnie's brother-in-law. I, I had to continue. It's just mm-hmm. am, it's amazing. I don't know what Lemire has planned. I don't care. Uh, I just think it's a, it's so far the story is just amazing, and nice. when you when you see old Constantine, he looks a little worse for wear, but he has an ashtray next to him with like John constipated I mean. with tons of cigarette butts in it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, Green Hell number one.
2: That's all sweet. Yeah. Um, I was. Going to. I did have one thing I was going to mention, but I will stick with um, something that really made me happy. Um, It was one of those books that that I read that that just put a smile on my face all throughout. And um, yeah, I may be going back to this well, but it's. um, I also thought of it because. Our boo Caleb on the Slack posted a page from this annual um because there are there are a couple of moments in uh in superman son of kal-el 2021 annual um that are just really enjoyable and and what i like about one of the things i like about it is it's the return of lex luther who hasn't appeared in the in the ongoing um but it is a story written by tom taylor um Steve Pugh and Clayton Henry do the art. Clayton Henry takes care of the opening pages, which uh, involves Superman, Kal-El, um, Batman, and Martian Manhunter against Lex Luthor uh, in the past. And then, um, and, and Pugh takes the modern-day, present-day John Kent story. Um, and uh, when. The, the, the opening with after after Lex Luthor is, is vanquished by the members of Justice League, he um, he's in his jail cell and Superman comes to visit and uh, they start a game of chess and. Um, Superman does get the upper hand as far as their conversation um, kind of puts Lex in his place because Lex thought he had the upper hand, um, but. Superman is able to leave the cell and actually, you know, go about his business, whereas Lex is obviously stuck in there. And um, when we get to the John Kent portion of the of the story, um, he John goes to the Fortress of Solitude and he talks to a um, a hollow of his dad, just like Dad spoke to his father in the fortress through the crystals. Um, so, so John and, and, and dad are having, having a little chat. Um, while that's going on, Lex Luthor is out of prison and he uh, sends a note to the mob bosses in Star City and Gotham and Bloodhaven, um, letting them know that, you know, that there's a, uh, when they open up the box and turned on the tablet that he's talking them all through um there was a uh there was an anite drone and uh as soon as the box was opened the drone entered their um their brain via the nasal cavity or eardrum whichever was closer uh so unless they um they each send him 1.7 billion Mm dollars uh he'll um he'll activate the drone they almost all do um and Lex puts a huge ass building up and at the top of the building it says Lexcorp and it, and and the L from Lexcorp because of where it's facing when the sun shines above it the L is directly on the Daily Planet um so, so, of course, he puts Daily Planet in Lex' core shadow deliberately um, the The building is attacked. Lex and John can't kinda like team up to take on the guys who are um, trying to destroy the building when they finish the fight um Luther challenges John to a game of chess and um and i'm not going to spoil the outcome but it's a uh, it it's he's john is not Kal-El. he's 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 his father's son but he is not doing things the way his father did and um he's kind of taking the experience learning from his father's experience also taking advantage of what his mother can teach him and uh, and and he's being his own man but it was it, it's a fantastic annual um it ends with a uh with a hint that Luther is reaching out to uh, to Bendix, so that uh, which I'm sure will continue into the ongoing. But as far as an annual goes, it it it's it reminded me of the, as I say, old days. But it reminded me of of days gone by where the annuals were kind of like a one shot. It was just one of those. It was a story that um, takes place in continuity, but um, but can stand on its own it's still telling you a complete story yeah there's things if you're reading the ongoing you probably already are if you're getting the annual but if 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 you're paying attention there there's things in this that uh that makes sense and and of course you know hopefully when you get to the end of it it entices you to continue reading the ongoing if you're presently not but it was it was a lot of fun so in your travels uh get yourself the superman son of kal-el uh 2021
0: annual you know it's times like this that i wish we still had the category in the classicers for favorite superhero or superhero group because if fucking superman wasn't your pick this year i don't know what would it be <laughs> you fucking love this guy kalal is your dude uh and all spinoffs thereof uh but in honor of your uh Shocking discussion of a Superman comic. I'm going to uh, make this a dc orama for the In Your Travels. Let's do it. There so go. I am going to implore people to check out the distinguished competition. Uh, I'm going to give you four books. I'm not going to go into them. I'm just going to tell you you need to read them because they're all great. Catwoman Lonely City by Cliff Chang, written and drawn. Issue number two of three, I believe. It's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal Robin and Batman, which gets back to Vince's Jeff Lemire love on the DC. It's amazing to me that Jeff, especially at this point in his career is not doing just one, but two killer DC books right now, just as like a side project. Uh, But Robin and Batman number two came out and it is absolutely fantastic. As much as I enjoyed the first issue, second issue is just phenomenal. I mean, Alfred calls Batman a bastard and you're like you damn straight Alfred tell him um the best book that no one but me is reading and you all need to fucking read it is DC versus vampires number three just came out it is amazing it is absolutely amazing I know it sounds ridiculous you're like like it's just it's not this is not a commercial sort of grab this is super duper fun and three issues out of 12 in it is really well executed uh like, it's just dripping with uh, with with all the right notes that uh, you can do with an Elseworlds story. Um, and then last but certainly not least, our good friend Tom King with our other good friend Greg Smallwood on The Human Target. Uh, issue number three of that just came out, and it is fantastic. And I don't know where you two stand on Guy Gardner, but I'd like to punch him in the face many times over. He's an asshole of epic proportions. And our and, and our boy Hal it's funny. Oh in D C vs Vampires, Hal Jordan is someone you're rooting actively against. In Human Target, number three, Hal Jordan, you're like, Yeah, dog. Yeah, way to represent. Like he's the guy. And and you're like, Thank God someone did that. So like it's just funny to see the, Hal represented in two such diametrically opposing uh angles in these two comics that I'm enjoying so much, but Yeah, I just think DC's crushing it right now with these uh, out-of-continuity books. Uh, You know, I I want more of that, man. Uh, I want more Marvel and DC books that are just really great stories that we don't have to worry about where they fit in. Um, I'm here for it at this point in my life. I I, I want more of that and less of the let's connect everything, so.
1: He doesn't know where we stand on Guy Gardner.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, like... I know you like Guy Gardner, Vince, but, like, I admittedly haven't read a ton of Guy Gardner comic. you know? <laughs> and he is an asshole of epic portions.
1: So. He's a warrior, man. To to <laughs> Leave him, him alone. Uh.
0: I mean, Tom's making him out to be basically, like, one of those, like, super asshole ex... Like, like jealous ex-boyfriends.
2: Well, that's... Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is... It, he is using the Giffen de Mateus Justice League as a backdrop, so it yeah, it, yeah. it makes sense in, in context. Yes, the guy was guy was an asshole before the punch, and he um, he he was very easily prone to uh, fits of jealousy, and uh, he's a bro. Yeah, I mean, it, he's 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 I a mean, bro he is he is a bro and he's he's mellowed out to uh, pre flashpoint but he i mean he he was he was really given the he was given the shitty end of the stick because he would have had he not been in a coma after saving kids on a school bus he would have been abbenster's ring would have went to him and So Hal ends up getting the ring. Guy gets out of the out of the coma, and you know he's got the chip on his shoulder. There's 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 definitely an attitude there, and and he's he tries to he tries to do the right thing, and obviously he he can he does because he's got the ring. It's it's you know he's not Kyle, but it's it's so he deserves the the
0: worst haircut in comics
2: he yes that ball haircut absolutely and but i mean and and the huge ass moon boots that joe staten used to draw I, I i had to laugh at those with his little chicken legs but they're just it. it's i but i always dug the the tunic i really enjoyed his his collar with the vest and i, I with the turtleneck i thought that was a cool look but yeah it it's it's very easy to make guy look bad look um and it's not like he's you don't really have to try too hard to make him look bad. It's just he he's one of those characters I think that that you just it's you don't have to try very hard to write guy the way he has always been. That's just that that's just who he is. It's like if if someone were to try to rewrite Peter Parker or Bruce Wayne into something they're not that obviously wouldn't fit, but 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 guy just kind of exudes that and and you're going to be able to write guy gardner that way because that's just the type of character he is but yeah it's he's he hasn't had the easiest life as far as comic characters go and, and there are times you can kind of feel sorry for him but um he also brings it on himself when when he is an asshole and it's very easy to think of him as an asshole because he just opens his mouth and he is it it's he's but he's still gonna do the right thing he's just
1: gonna be a dick about it guys the bronze age flash thompson yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah, cut yeah. from the same cloth. He may be boisterous and loud and in your face and obscene and say the wrong thing and belligerent, but he's got a heart underneath that all. And I think That's I think Giffen and De, 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 Dematteis, when they introduced the whole Guy Gardner Ice relationship, that was absolutely perfect, because his heart can be melted by this woman. And he's not all Sturm and drang and in your face. There's there's a there's emotion behind it. Yeah, he's an asshole, but there's a another layer to Guy Gardner. I think much like Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson was a dick for for decades.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, she's. Yeah. I mean, listen. I mean, Ice is trying to get man Christopher Chance all up in them guts now. Yeah. Yeah, the second issue at me. She's, she's begging feeling. for it, I mean.
2: Yeah, yeah, I got to read the third issue, but yeah, the the, the second issue had me feeling uh, some kind of way about ice, too. And not a good way.
0: <laughs> third issue is going to make you feel even more some kind of way. Then. Excellent,
2: can't wait. <laughs> All
1: right, we we hope we've made you feel some kind of way, but a good there way. You, go. you see, fucking llama, man. It's not too often we do that. It's true. true. It ain't going in the show notes, though, but it's true. That's right. We'll go in oh the tweet. We don't have to do it in the show notes. So I'll go in
0: the tweet. God forbid. If we-
1: Please, <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed, if you enjoyed this here mess, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Facebook, and Spotify. All over the place. The former four discussion, the latter one is just another alternate way to get this thing. So it doesn't have to be Apple. You can go to Spotify and all those, Podchaser, all that stuff. We're there, everywhere. Um, we hope you have a wonderful New Year's. Let's erase 2021, go into the new with uh, refreshed, revitalized, and just eager to consume those comics. And um, among other things. But I mean, let's stick to the, f- the script, right? In the meantime, say night. Here's the part where he said, "I didn't hear you say David. I didn't hear you. You didn't say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You're doing
0: like the guy Fiati, just do like do grocery man. Are you saying he's <laughs> more dope. I'm realizing it.
1: I did say say good night. that back then. I didn't say the yep, the thing though.
0: You did.
1: I certainly did. You did yep. say
2: say good night. I, I did. I said it. Right. David. <laughs> there we go. Good night."
1: I saw this malevolent thing on on Netflix. Do y'all see that? No, no. I mean,
2: I've seen. Nope. I, I saw it pop up. I haven't watched it.
1: It was okay, <laughs> but the lead actress was gorgeous, and I got to find out who she is. No
2: kidding.
1: She was make a website for that, David. I they do, but I didn't have time to to do it. But uh, man, is she pretty as a peach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Stone Cold Fox, huh?
1: I think so. Yeah. Hi right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this. Have a happy 2022. Oh my
2: god! Because, oh, geez, wow, oh my he's, he's killing me. Was uh, was was her name Angela? Yeah, yeah, dude, it's fucking Elena Belova. It's it's Florence Pugh. Oh no
3: way!
1: Oh okay. Well, all right.
2: <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, she's
1: cute as a button.
0: Oh, yes. she's adorbs,
2: dude. Yeah. Also, a Midsummer, which I haven't seen yet.
1: Oh, oh yeah, right, she's yeah. She's yeah. Oh, yeah, she's in Midsummer, but she's better... blonde in Midsummer. I think she's better. What do you mean? She... Oh, she's no, I she's no, a I think she's she's much more attractive as a brunette.
0: Well, yeah, I think she's naturally a blonde, and she's a blonde in Marvel.
1: Oh so. well, nice, whatever. I, I mean, I think she's very, very fetching. But
0: well, you love blondes,
1: I do. But in this case, I think she's more attractive as yeah. a brunette.
0: You guys don't watch The Witcher, right?
1: I started.
0: I haven't seen the sex season yet. The reason I bring it up is because the. There's three main characters, you know. Right. And one of them is uh is a princess named Siri. She's young. She's a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Siri. I know, yeah. It's, 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 it's ridiculous like it's I feel unfortunate that our name Siri now. Like, hey Siri, but um How do we get there? Anyway, just
1: ask Siri, she'll tell you how to get there. Yeah,
0: but anyway, she she like with the second season just dropped, you know. And I'm watching the second season, I'm like I think they recast her, you know? I mean, I'm like, oh, they they must have gotten a different actress. So I I looked it up, and I'm not the only one that wondered that. It's the same actress, but the difference is she's got black eyebrows this year, this season, and she had, like, bleach blonde eyebrows in the first season. And she looked completely different as a result. That's crazy. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah completely, like the, the, her eyelashes or her eyebrows being dyed are completely different. I, and I don't know which is the like. I don't know which one is like natural. Ver- like I don't know if if the first season was how she really is, and they, I don't know that. But it's it's totally weird how she looks like a completely different person.
1: Unheard of. It's unheard of. Yeah, unheard of. Okay. Nice. Be safe. I, I think Go. If I
0: had to pick any famous person's body to have, Henry Cavill might be the person I would pick.
1: Yeah, dudes. Dude's got it. Hey, dude is. Yep.
0: He rocked up.
1: Yep. Looking good. Yep. What was I gonna say? Oh, uh, be safe, be happy. 2022, here we come. A lot more of this to come. Even, mm-hmm. even if these two assholes decide they don't want to do it anymore, stop. You'll still get more of this.
0: Eleven o'clockers in three weeks, people. Oh
1: my god, so yeah, it's difficult. nineteenth. And from the slack, the only category that was... Well, there was two that were like instant picks. Like, boom, this is what it has to be. Best Cover Artist was one of those for me.
0: Okay, good. That's always one of the hardest ones for me. I haven't filled out my ballot yet, so I haven't really given it any thought. But um,
1: Publisher was yeah. the second one.
0: Yeah, that's that's easy for me this year. And uh, very easy. Yeah, same. Uh,
1: I don't think for the same reasons, but I hope.
0: No, I don't think we have the same publisher, but... Anyway, um, right. we're having a guest. Yep. Uh, we usually keep a choir, right? It's a surprise, right? I think so, let's
1: keep yeah. it on the down low. But yeah, it, we're it excited.
0: Is... We, we're continuing the tradition of having a long-standing, active, engaged member of the community join us in the fourth chair. Yes,
1: one of our glorious patrons. He- but that's not why we picked him. We picked him because he's an awesome dude, knows a lot about comics, and uh, he'll add immeasurably to the mix.
0: Absolutely. He he like our like some of our previous uh O'Kosker fourth chairs has uh has been able to turn us on to books in the last few years that we've loved. Yeah. We, you know, he is a tastemaker. True uh, that. I'm very excited. But I agree. Uh, yeah, with but that. everyone just so if you're still listening and haven't signed off, make sure you do uh start filling out your ballots. It's uh you got two more days to read stuff before it's a wrap. So,
1: and if you're wondering where to fill out those ballots, go to our website 11 o'clockcomics.com. There's a link right oh, there. Yeah, you just click on it, and it'll take you to the the spreadsheet
0: thing. Yeah, it's, a form. it's all on. Not, not oh, it's not a spreadsheet. you can turn people off. Uh, no, not a spreadsheet. Oh, yeah. Right. A spreadsheet can turn. Data and download it into a spreadsheet, but the, no, it's it is a it is a series of questions. It's uh, open-ended questions. Oh,
1: okay. So it's not a spreadsheet. That makes sense. No, it, and even... it
0: hurts my heart that you have to. That you don't know that. That you have actually looked at the ballot, but, but uh, yeah. Well, no, why would happen. I click
1: on that? I'm just going to do my. shit. I don't know. Oh, I do my stuff in a text file, and then I cut and paste.
0: No, it is. It is a series of questions. Uh, it's an online question, like a Survey Monkey type of thing.
1: Nice. You're good. Mm-hmm. Please come back next week. <laughs> we lo- we love you so much. Happy if you New Year! To
0: want to come back next week? Then we have you forever.
1: Oh yeah! Happy <laughs> New Year! And uh, again, be safe. Be happy. Eat a lot. Drink a lot. But be responsible because we want you back. Mm-hmm. Don't go. Don't go nuts. Get a designated driver. Dap. Yeah, did you know that there was a human target show back in the nineties? Yeah. Well, yeah. Rick Springfield. How did you not know Rick that?
0: Springfield, dude. Yep.
2: It was more like the human target than than the than the 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 Mark Valley
1: show. That's crazy. This kid. Unbelievable.
0: In the fuck.
1: Yeah. It was entertaining. I won't allow you shitting on Rick Springfield. No. Who shit on him? His records are good. For as much as he's Dr. Noah, whatever the hell he was, his music is tight.
0: I didn't hear anybody shit on him, though.
1: I'm just saying. I'm just preparing. Don't shit on Rick Springfield.
0: Yeah, no, that's crazy. Do you know his real name?
1: Uh, Donald Ezekiel.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Richard Lewis Springthorpe.
1: Wow, I think he did uh, change for the better.
0: I wonder if he changed it because Richard Lewis already was out there.
1: Yeah. There you go. Kirby Enthusiasm just ended. We're done. Why, Richard Lewis is on that? Oh God!
2: Yes. Oh, you hurt my. You're heart. gonna give him shit for not knowing what a I is. I have not said.
1: seen a single episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. No, no I mean, does I that
0: every episode? I, I'm. Does that I'm, surprise you? Yeah. No. I, I. Well, I don't. I mean, I. I would think that you. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's one of the best.
0: He doesn't have room for TV shows To exist
3: in
2: our. I life, don't. So
1: yeah. I like Silent Sea though. Let's see. that thing on netflix about the the uh the space team that goes up to an abandoned uh lunar outpost and tries to retrieve something it's on now
0: Kerber enthusiasm
1: nothing but i'm just saying he says i don't have time for tv i do no, have so-
2: no Who's who said that i think you did no i said you don't have as you can't you don't have Room for too many Jews in your life?
1: Oh my God! No, there's only one that I love. The rest, they're okay, but there's one Jew that I absolutely adore. Jerry Simon No, you, you dumbass! <laughs> Jesus, I'm uh, out it. I'm done. I hope we're done. Say well, goodnight
2: night. Renee would have said John Stewart.
1: Ah, he is a good
2: Jew. No, yeah, she she she'd probably throw me in front of a bus if she if if I the really. Yeah. If is like, yeah, no, no you're she, a much better. She finds it funny. She
0: finds say what? You're much better in terms of the the, the, the Jewish pantheon than. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate hmm. that.
1: Yeah. Uh, say
3: goodnight.
2: She, she, she night. with that. Say
1: right? goodnight so I can end this thing. I just
2: end it. That's it for that one.